0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an interseason episode of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stockton. Hey, Sequelizers, Sequelize this!
1: A little bit of a higher range. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We we will do.
0: Maybe. No, you won't. <laughs> I've just pointed at the floor. <laughs> and speaking of higher beings, also joining us, it's
2: Tim Mayton. Riddle me this. What sort of man has sequels on the brain? <laughs> the three of us when we're worrying about what we're writing for season ten, I think. Yep, accurately. Because season ten
0: is coming up soon, dear listeners. We're getting towards the end of the interseason. So we're gonna have Oh some bad sequels to sort out. And I know we say this a lot, but there's some shite in this season. In a good way, in the we're gonna have fun talking about it kind of way, but we regret having to actually watch the films some to prepare.
2: Impressive dreck. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Did you just say we wet? I think I did, yeah. Okay, let's move Wig-wet. on. Then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna
0: I had like a, a
1: spit bubble. It's fine, we man. That, that's what I wanted to w- do. on that.
0: I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> Clip that out to him and just save Wugwets <laughs> <laughs> Matthew where, where, where? <laughs> I've had a <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a no Wugwets tattoo <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> Oh dear Well yes we're coming up to season 10 Very exciting But before we get to that we do have this episode Which is our return and the revenge Of the comeback Of listener f- <laughs> of listener feedback Which means we've been taking your I be- questions I believe
2: this is uh this listener feedback the squeak wall it's yeah. <laughs> Is this the fourth, fourth one fifth time I think it's fourth it? or fifth yeah. time we've done it yeah. yeah somehow people still have questions
0: for us that we haven't answered new listeners yeah some old listeners as well yeah new yeah. questions yeah we've even got some feedback from some people on our lovely patreon page oh if you'd like to join those lovely patrons you can go to patreon.com/sequelizers and get early access ad free episodes and all the cool bonus stuff we'll be doing you can get Entire bonus episodes during the interseason. We've already done two of them. There is a what we've watched recently that is a recent is upcoming now. What's the timeline?
2: I don't know. I think that will have just that been ju- released. That's it's just yeah. been released, yes. If everything has gone according to plan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your three bonus episodes for this interseason, including a recent release, what we've watched recently. And we'll have movie commentaries and outtakes for season ten. I'm excited to get back to commentaries. Oh, I love doing the commentaries. They're so much fun. They take they take a while, but they do have a finite end of the length of the film. I mean, yeah, <laughs> to
2: be fair, at this point, most of edit. our episodes run longer than a feature We're film. True, yeah, true. we've done
0: episodes longer than Zack Snyder's Justice League.
2: God damn. <laughs>
1: that's so messed up. Yeah,
0: it is. That is messed up. But people listen.
1: We so Can't complain too much. It's
0: because it was gold. Yeah. Better than Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to go and get the exclusive episodes and be prepared for season 10 with the commentaries and all the cool stuff that's going to be coming up. We've got some other plans, Mm. some new merch coming out, got some interesting stuff planned for the anniversary in May. It's a five year anniversary of episode one. Go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and you can join them, the lovely patrons. And if you go to the top of the tiers, you get to become an executive producer like these fine folks have done. Colin Thompson.
3: You know how to whistle don't you Steve you just put your lips together and
0: blow James McDowell
3: you see a lot doctor when are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself what about it why don't you why don't you look at yourself and write down what you see
0: Philip Morgan you got into Harvard law
3: what like it's hard
0: Josh Van Der loose. Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man?
3: No. Have you?
0: <laughs> Jonathan Firth-Clark.
3: Are you a good witch or a bad witch?
0: Stuart Maine. Yep, yeah, really, specs. Suddenly she's not the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Xenos.
3: Do you want to build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. <gasps>
0: Josh Miles. Too
3: short for a stormtrooper. Huh? Old uniform.
0: And Hyper Dude Man.
3: Whose motorcycle is
0: this? It's a chopper, baby.
3: Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed?
0: Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Thank you for your support, executive producers. You make this interseason. Possible the fact that we've done 13 episodes with the MCU trilogy kicking us off. Yeah. And we've got a 12 episode season 10 coming up soon as well, plus all the commentaries coming back. You make this all possible. Thank you for your support on Patreon. We very much appreciate it. So much goddamn content, and it's all your fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's an obscene amount of stuff. If anyone's to
2: blame, it's the patrons. Yeah. Not us. Uh, we just do what we're told yeah. Most of the time So join them And help share the blame <laughs> Exactly <laughs> A problem halved Is a problem shared Or yeah. whatever it is A <laughs> <laughs> problem shared Is a problem halved Exactly
0: So Should we dive into some questions I am very ready the listeners Some answers Shall we Yes We're going to kick things off With one of the executive producers Aries Funnily enough Aries
1: Start saying you know well, Next question <laughs> green it's my favorite color
0: because <laughs> <laughs> you're Anything. Irish Matthew I don't think it is yeah but carry on we need to delve deeply into that I think understand like the psychology. To, they, of your it, favorite that's color. another
2: another stretch goal <laughs> is we just put Matt through therapy oh god fucking hell <laughs> oh my god that's a hell of a stretch oh, not goal. Really.
1: I have been through a lot of therapy but goddamn, god damn <laughs> air. not with me you have not sonny <laughs> cracks his knuckles um yeah, sorry, go ahead. Anyway,
0: Jonathan Firth-Clark, who I just mentioned as one of the executive producers, yes. has asked, how much do you dread sending out that message every season asking your EPs for their picks? <laughs> Very I, much so, John.
2: I, I'm not that much for me, personally. I would say dread, dread is the wrong word. Mm. I think that... Regret. I think it's the... <laughs> <laughs> We've got to a point now where, you know, obviously the original pitch for the show was bad sequels to good films. Now we're just bad sequels sorted. And obviously we've had to broaden up what we accept you know because there's only so many truly bad sequels to truly good films hmm. and so in broadening what we accept we it, opened the floodgates we've opened of shit. we have opened the floodgates to some truly horrendous shit yeah. i think yeah. that's the thing now <laughs> not to make it sound like it's you know uh, a, a a torment or anything during earlier seasons you'd at least know that you're going to watch a good film and then a bad sequel, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're at Finally. the point where you're like Oh, so now I just have to watch these two bad films. So to put that into perspective... Or possibly cause... eight bad films. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: we tease Josh Miles, who is known as Up in the Shed, who we'll get into in a moment as well. He sent a question through. Mm-hmm. On the Discord, he gets a lot of shit for his terrible EP picks. He's responsible for picking Mother of Tears, by the way, yeah. dear listeners. I, do,
2: I, I actually enjoyed that as a pick I, because it's... I it's hadn't... so mental. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think it
0: worked as a kind of... Look through Jallo as well because we had this. Exactly. topic we never really touched on before. Yeah, it, it'd be as on the bad list, as Mother of Tears is, that actually mm. kind of worked really well as an episode mm. for us to kind of for me to educate myself in Jallo and then look yeah, at yeah, other yeah. stuff as well. It'd be on the list, but it'd be a while before
1: we got to it. Whereas this is like pushing it up the list faster, basically. Yeah.
0: That's often the case with the EP picks. They are on the master list of bad yeah. sequels somewhere. Maybe quite far down, <laughs> but yeah, we get uh, we can get like stuff like Fern Gully 2 from Xenos last yeah, season. It was like, he yeah. was like, I ah, actually prefer the second one. I'm like, fucking hell, okay, yeah. right. <laughs> I insist on no clown cars. I'm like, all right, Xenos, Jesus Christ, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I really enjoy the fact that we have that as part of our show. I love it when podcasts and, and YouTube channels and all this kind of stuff have a bit of interaction with the listeners, whether mm. that's directly through the listeners. We do like Patreon polls and stuff like that. So we get the patrons mm. voting on a multiple choice thing, or we get the EPs coming in and saying this thing. And we still have veto power. We have vetoed a couple, mm. like soft yes. veto. It's not like we're never going to do that, but this doesn't fit in the theme of the season because we've said about this before, we try and construct the season around, it's not just horror film, horror film, this horror film, horror yeah. film. want to balance a comedy and a romantic mm. film and a kid's film and a horror film yeah, and yeah. something a bit older. Something a bit sci-fi, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, try and balance some it a bit more. Big
2: films people have heard of and some smaller films people may not have. Exactly. Like you've got
0: that. you gotta have the temp hole things there, you've got to have the cornerstones of the season, the big big finale, big start, some good ones in mm. the middle, and then some interesting, weird, indie, old stuff, whatever it is in the middle there as well. Yeah. So I think it brings a nice bit of variety. But you guys have terrible fucking taste sometimes. <laughs> John and I Josh think... specifically, you have terrible fucking and Xenos. You all have terrible fucking taste. And the rest of them. No. <laughs> I think I think
2: there's There's a real interesting tension between sometimes picks are made where it's like, haha, I'm going to make the guys suffer with this one. And then sometimes there's picks that are entirely honest, where it's just like, I'd like to see you do that. And it's a question of like, wow, I wouldn't like that is nowhere near like, like a Fern Gully 2, where it's like, you know, genuinely like, oh, no, I, I actually I prefer the second one, but I'm interested to see what you do with it. It's like, yeah, okay. You know, and and it's everyone's, you know, opinions are varied, and yeah, uh, and, and then, I, one of the reasons that I like doing this show is that it pushes me to watch stuff that I would never have watched otherwise. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we get those truly weird picks, it's always like I enjoy that because it's like, okay, I never would have watched that. You know, I never would have thought to watch that. So go on then, yeah.
1: Which is probably true of a lot of the listeners as well. Yeah. So I know a lot of people like. Oh, that sounds fucking awful. That sounds fucking great. And and then we're saying, like, you should watch this first one. I know it's from 1978 or whatever, mm. but y- you know, it's re- it still holds up. It's really good. I mean, again, mm. the prime example I think of with, with you guys and things is uh, Saturday Night Fever. Mm. And they were actually like, holy crap, this is a good film. It's like, yeah. I yeah. actually this is a
0: film about dancing and stuff, right? It's like, it's kind of about kind of. working class people and drugs and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah.
1: wow, okay. And then we watch stay in live and go, holy crap, this, um, this, this is abominant. the film that I thought yeah, like yeah. was. Yeah. yeah another supposedly. example,
0: um, and we'll get on to there's another question coming on in a moment. I won't touch on too much, is being introduced to new films, I think is a is a big yeah. part of that. Whether that's through the EP picks or through our master list of mm. there are still some of those occasional good movies where you see the first one or the first two and then the third one is shit or something like that. So there are still gems in there somewhere that I haven't I have yet to experience and have experienced. Yeah. Mm. Thanks to the show as well. Second question from Jonathan. Yes. With the rise of the reboot sequel, as in a film that ignores previous sequels, such as Candyman 2021 or Halloween 2018, Mm -hmm. what franchise or franchises do you think need one of these reboot-cool things, modern remake slash sequel doodads? Any ideas? I thought of two. Okay. Uh, Just in case my pick was picked by
1: you guys, basically. One is Jarhead. Interesting. Because Jarhead has three mm.
0: sequels. Oh, God, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, you're, and yeah.
1: I don't need a sequel to Jarhead <laughs> at all. Yeah, but if you wanted to tell the story of a veteran who, from the Gulf War who had to
2: go back to the Afghan War, but like that well, could would work. be Interesting. Yeah. Yes, because I I have not seen the Jarhead sequels, but I believe they are just pretty much just action films. Just they right are, tat, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are
1: quite. Is this in a similarish way to Rambo? As mm, in the Rambo yeah, yeah, they're quite divorced from what the original was even about.
0: So. Yeah, they yeah. take the anti-war PTSD, interesting, yeah, character study type stuff, and be mm. like it's a war movie, right? Uh, no, but, well, we've made a war movie, mm. fuck's and the okay. boil up tension of people who want to
1: just do their purpose of killing yeah. someone, yeah. but they can't because of the sitting on your hands the whole time. It's, it's
2: a yeah. Mm. Jarhead. The, the best Jarhead sequel is the HBO series Barry, starring Bill Hader. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I won't say my one other one until you guys
1: have Fair. had a chance. I
0: have one that is steeped in sequelizers law and myth. Mm-hmm. Shit, the mask! Oh, like we could do—you could definitely work with a modern mask reboot, cool thing. Yeah. Maybe hint towards some Jim Carrey stuff because the mask itself, the actual Loki mask, mm. can travel about and all this. Yeah, bollocks. and you it's... could have references to Stanley in there or whatever. Yeah, fucking ignore Son of the Mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put shit. that in the bin. Oh, we've already—I've already watched it twice because of this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to thanks to the original episode where we talked about mm. it and fixed it and then the recent discord anniversary where we did a live chat mm-hmm. with the discord crew and we all yeah. jumped in and yeah fun yeah. experience but fuck yeah. me, that, fuck, that movie's gone. terrible oh, oh god I, yeah I, I absolutely adored people watching it for the first time <laughs> it's and every time it escalated we were like just you wait I was like oh the dog looks terrible I'm like mate <laughs> you haven't seen the baby yet. oh my god the sperms I was like yep we we warned you about the sperms wait for the multiple baby dicks they're like what I'm like yeah we warned you e- I think everybody hated that film as much as it's, we did.
2: It's less bad the second time around just because it hasn't got that continual sense of just like, oh Jesus, what now? Yeah. When yeah. you know what to expect, you're just resigned to like, no, this is one of the worst films.
0: Ever. Yeah. And I think a modern mask film could work really well with the like success of like Deadpool and stuff recently. I think an, an R rated. You could even bring back Jim Carrey and do you an could, older one. Yeah, yeah. More Jaded Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Mm, well, yeah. So you should, but you could. You yeah. could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure who I
2: would have as like a new mask.
0: Yeah, who's who's as rubber faced in 2024 or whatever? I feel this would like be.
2: I'd like to see
1: Donald Glover have a stab at it. Ooh, oh, that's a bold shout, Matthew. Yeah, that's my bold else. shout. Oh no, he's, no, no! He's no.
0: a million times cooler and sexier than Jim Carrey, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, no,
0: that's that's what I think. I but it doesn't necessarily have to be Stanley. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, the comics yes. are so much darker. You could take yeah. it from that darker mm. kind of. In the same way that we, you know, Matt Reeves Batman is this kind of noir, closer to the comics, detective-y style thing. Yes, having yes. a similar, closer to the comics, way more dark horse style. Mm. Stanley kills himself at the end, but it's not Stanley kind of real dark. Yeah, it fucks with his psychology and all that kind of mm. stuff. You could have it in this. It lends way, itself
1: then, to a 2020s comic book adaptation more than the 90s dark gritty reboot style that's what what we need more of is dark
2: gritty
0: reboots. what are we doing yeah tim how about you
2: uh there's a couple that we have done on the show yeah Yeah. uh i think the crow and highlander oh oh. very good very good would both yes please really lend themselves to that
0: how about Mm. the crow versus highlander oh my god Mm. In my, like my Blade versus Spider Man. If that comic didn't
2: exist in like nineteen ninety eight, yeah. I'd be shocked. God damn man! I it's <laughs> it's not quite that, but I really like Bumblebee, <laughs> the movie. Oh, Bumblebee's and I wish brilliant. I wish yeah. it, it could have done that and and just been like no forget that universe. Forget all that. You know yeah. we're resetting that universe. Uh, I mean, it kind of did. It kind of did. I, I just wish it had made more money and had carried yeah. on. Basically, yeah. I have a dark horse pick. Oh, not the comic that, company. No, I was going to say, I beat, I, I beat oh, you to that one, yes, mate. Yes, yes. Die Hard. Oh.
0: oh, Tim! People really like some of the Die Hard sequels. I really like
2: yeah. the third, third one. one. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a Die Hard three guy. Yeah.
0: Hang on, hang on.
1: Let's just let's just let's just put this in there. Is Bruce Willis coming back, or is it say effectively You're not, are you, you're not doing a McLean,
0: are you? Which is apparently I... in production.
1: Well, apparently Bruce Willis is losing his memory. Well, Might yeah. be under like. Dementia effects. Yeah. Like oh,
2: really? Power- allegedly, allegedly. Very. I mean, um, yeah. he Which is, would make a lot of sense considering he has made a lot of dreck in the past few years. Yeah.
0: There's a whole yeah article about it in a YouTube video about it analyzing yeah. his recent. Yeah. Was it like of his last twenty films? Seventeen have been straight to DVD. Yeah. Or like yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. So I guess it would depend on his health. Sure, I would like it, him to be appropriately back. I think if I think there would be room for an interesting. If you are going to be like, okay, we're only counting the first Die Hard, we're ignoring the rest. Yeah. To then have a character come back and be like, I dealt with this shit when I was, you know, in my thirties, and it like maybe fucked up the rest of my life, and or, or yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. you know, you know, and 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 wipe out the kind of oh, and then one year later he happened to be at the thing and was at the airport, and you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and skip over like the ridiculous oh my son's a spy thing stuff from oh, good day to yeah, die hard and yeah, stuff yeah. like mm. that and, and maybe maybe actually bring back in the family but you know do it in a better way better this way. time. Uh a baby Gruber getting its revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Gruber Jr. But yeah, I think I think I think uh yeah there 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 would be room for an interesting one there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think know. it would I think it would rely on Bruce Willis a being able to take up the the role and B you would actually need him to give a fuck, which seems yes. quite it, difficult these days. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, again, much like Halloween and Candyman, mm. it's like are you making this a fifty percent, maybe sixty, seventy percent like Jamie Curtis coming back in? Yeah. that or are you doing like a five to maybe yeah five percent with Tony Todd? Yeah, in Candyman kind of thing. Which way are we going here mm. with with the Bruce Willis thing? So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um, the other one I was going to say was Pitch Black. Mm. Dump everything. Yeah. Sorry. Because <laughs> the thing is, what the argument should have been statistically, as we mentioned in our in our uh, Chronicles of Riddick episode, the idea is you go Pitch Black is the only good film in that series. Pitch it from here, yeah, yeah that's yeah. our yeah, it was a sequel To Pitch Black,
0: not but Chronicles uh, of Riddick. Or Riddick. Bringing us back to yep. the
1: fucking question about EPs picking things, it's like, yep. we, we uh, okay, we'll do it, but <laughs> we're not happy about it, and yeah. you won't be happy with the result <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that too. Yeah, so a uh, Pitch Black, I think, it could be a nice one, like, considering it's now. 23 years old or something like that. God, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah, that's... Yeah,
2: 99, uh, 99 isn't it? I think, I think so, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good answer, though, yeah. Mm. I think, I think the, the the problem with Riddick is that it's such a Vin Diesel thing and he is now at a point where, like, the film that he makes would not be good. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need... You would almost need to be like, we're going to bring back Pitch Black, but we're also going to, like, it wouldn't work without Vin Diesel, but also it wouldn't work with Vin Diesel now. Agreed. No. and Yeah, that's fair.
0: He'd have to pass it off to He'd someone. He'd have to be such a supporting really... role as well. Yeah.
2: yeah. More universe stuff, sure, but
1: not him.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Next question. Kind of tying off what we were just talking about. What are your most and least favorite things about doing the podcast? And I'll kick this off with kind of what I touched on just now. Mm. I've watched a bunch of really cool movies because of this show. Yeah. I discovered The Crow because of sequelizers. <laughs> and I fucking love The Crow. I've gone off and read some of the comics. And I talked to you know, Crow mm. in Japan and shit. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. Discovering things that have been on my, like, to watch list for, like, mm. 15 years. And gone like, I actually have to watch it now. I have a reason to actually force myself to sit down for an hour or two and actually watch this film and pay yeah. attention and shit. And I'll just be like, oh, I'll stick it on in the background while I cook or something. And actually like properly like take notes yeah. and really digest something mm. that I can almost guarantee is good. And then also watching some of the infamously shit sequels mm. I've heard. Yeah. Like I hadn't seen Speed 2 until we did speed two and been <laughs> like, I have heard so fucking much about mm. this movie. I was like, oh my God, that gif is from Speed Two. That scene's yeah. from Speed. 2. Oh, that line is from Speed Two. All that. Mm. Crazy shit. It's just like mm-hmm. being able to enjoy both the good and bad things from cinematic history that I have not been aware of or not had a chance to, to see in the past. I think it's one of my favorite things for That's sure. Fair. I was I was filming you some... you don't have that. You've seen them already. <laughs> it's true. Um, I, have I... we covered a film you've not seen before? Yeah, Probably. Think? <laughs> and that's you said probably as in like no absolutely yeah, not I don't think I we've yet. we've talked about it on like i've seen stuff and tim's seen stuff on what we've watched recently because you haven't got around to it yet yes that's true yes but something we've covered on the main seasons i don't think is anything you had not seen before no no not yet i hate no it. sorry
2: yeah i mean i think that, like it would have to be something on the fern gully 2 level it would have to be like a direct to vhs probably animated sequel that you would have that I've had uh, yeah. difficult acquiring would just be to like this shit Al- alpha and omega three or something. Precisely. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Weirdly enough, I was talking to uh, was, was filming with Stuart um, Ashens for you people uh, on Sunday, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, in fact, uh, over the weekend, and he mentioned guys again about how because this year is the fiftieth, twenty twenty two is the fiftieth anniversary of the Godfather. Yeah. Mm. And people on the set, we were talking about how like um you know oh I've only just seen the Godfather, it's fantastic. I'm like yeah, of course it is. And Stuart said, Yeah, I only watched it first time because it was on the sequelizers. And mm. it was like, mm. many around it. And yeah, confirmed it was amazing. And you're like, Yeah, because like, that's the thing. The show does open doors to yeah. horrific pieces of shit. But it's like, I've watched
0: n- Son of the Mask twice because of this. <laughs> yeah, <show>. Exactly. <laughs> but also, we have watched God the Mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like precisely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah.
2: And not just in the main season, I would say, at least for myself. Oh, interseason stuff. There's, yeah. there's interseason stuff where we'll pick a topic and it will push me to. F- it's usually like, Oh, I've meant to watch that for ages and now yes. I will finally watch it. And then I'll turn it into one of my recommendations for like a, a topic that we're, yeah, we're discussing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think having that push to do stuff was at least and best things about doing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. The thing, speaking for myself, with my like ADHD redolled brain, editing is the worst because like if you're editing, all you can do is edit. Like, agreed. You can't you have to focus. You yeah. it, it requires focus, and you can't like typically when i'm doing something i'm doing two things me too um like i
0: will listen to a podcast and do something else or yes. watch something and mm. do something and else yeah and, yeah. and yeah. be
2: like looking at my phone as well or, on the or background something. While i'm doing this thing or whatever e- exactly totally right. yeah. there, Tim. whereas editing like it requires your visual focus it requires your auditory focus that's all it is yeah sit down and get it done. It also uh, takes like five hours an episode yeah if yeah. if not longer <laughs> if not longer like, that that's being
0: yeah. like that's a fairly neat two and a half hour episode of sequel yeah. as well. yeah. Like, general rule, double the runtime of the episode for the editing. Yeah. And then you've got all the, like, oh, I need to and find the EP clips and stuff. And that's, yeah.
1: If it's a straightforward edit, like, the end of season.
0: Yes. If it's the main
1: season, then we're also clopping out the outtakes, things, and everything else. Yeah. It's more
0: complex. Clopping out yeah. outtakes and adding in the EP little in the yeah. beginning and stuff. Yeah. So, to put it in perspective, I that's mine as well, Tim. Yeah. Absolutely. Just because it takes up so much time. And like you said, you can't do anything else while you're doing that so so many things like i said i, I watch stuff while i cook all the time mm, so i do yeah. most of the cooking in our household mm. so i will have my phone like propped up on the side i have mm. a little my phone case has a little stand for a reason so i mm. can have it like on the yeah. kitchen side but oh i'll watch like i watch like the last few episodes of the expanse mm. on my phone while i was cooking and then watch like the last two like right i need the big screen yeah and there's <laughs> certain moments where I'm like i need to watch this on the tv but so many things I'll just catch up. Oh, I'm watching a YouTube video or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah I'll like, have it propped up in the corner and doing yeah. stuff. But when you're editing, like you said, I am in the spare room. Toothless needs to fuck off. Emma needs to fuck off. <laughs> and I am sat there for two or three hours at a time, staring into that screen and being mm. like, nope. Oh, I said, um, edit that out. <laughs> oh, Tim said, uh, get rid of that. Yeah. Matt, coughed. Get rid of that. Matt coughed. Matt, Matt coughed. <laughs> Matt coughed again. Matt coughed again. Uh, yeah. And it's such a detail oriented thing and they require so much focus and the amount of like no i can't go out sorry i've got to edit a podcast Mm. and people are like oh wow you do a podcast that's so cool because (laughs) i have a fairly new job a lot of people like oh wow you podcast that how interesting like not as sexy as it sounds it sounds like oh wow you have every fucker has a podcast these days granted we've been doing it for five years Mm. on this show and a lot longer for all mm. of us as well. Half a We're, decade. Yeah. We've also all been doing it for much longer than just sequelizers. Mm. True. But you don't hear about the unsexy side of it. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, we have this great community of Discord people and we get to watch all these cool films and like it's a creative outlet for us because we get to write mm. and rewrite shit films and turn them into hopefully good things and hang out with like two mm. of our best friends and just talk about movies and stuff. Mm. But you're also like, yeah, I can't, I, I can't see my family tonight because I need to edit the podcast. It has mm. to be up on Friday. And I've got no time now because we're fairly tight on the schedule. So, uh, no, I can't do that. Or I don't have time to do this. Or whatever <laughs> it is. I'm just like, I've got three evenings a row of just two hours at a time sitting yep. down staring yep. at a screen, which I also do for work. So I'm like, yeah. I've spent 15 hours staring at a computer screen today. Fucking hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just to segue perfectly from that. Uh, most favorite? Recording and getting to
2: chat films. Yeah. Chance Yay. to talk about movies. Fuck yes. The, the recording is always fun. Always fun. Like, always. even. The, the only time it's not fun is when, we were, running- rem- when we were remote oh, and yeah, technical yeah. problems would, would like lead to delays. we we'll have a question about that in a moment. Yeah. As well. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in more detail. Least favourite
1: again, editing and uh, ever creeping deadlines. Yep. Um, <laughs> I I'm do a this deadline. sumo wrestling podcast, which is a, a, a little worse because it's sports, mm. which means you have to do it on the day and it has to be done by the evening, Yeah, which is a different kind of demand. But even then, it's like that's by by sheer grace alone uh, of how the sumo uh, works. It's only two weeks every other month. Yeah, so it's
2: it's not as high maintenance yeah. as this. The the saving grace for this and the format and everything is that for the most part, when when we're in when everything's going smoothly, we can build up ahead of steam and mm. we can have a decent chunk of time. Yes, that a gives us time to edit and b means we're not staring down deadlines true it doesn't always work like that (laughs) very true but but when it works well we have we have some a period a grace period precisely uh which obviously you can't do with your sumo show because you're reacting to stuff and then you need to get it up there because otherwise you're talking about stuff that happened two weeks ago that's exactly it yeah
0: same thing for search with candor as well we record that on a wednesday and it goes up on the monday yeah that is the schedule that does not deviate. They, there is, we we even do. Mark does on the show, recorded on Wednesday, the sixteenth of March, twenty twenty-two. <laughs> blah blah blah. As his little intro, mm-hmm. and then it goes up the following Monday, and we'll see you next week on Monday, the twenty-eighth of March. Blah blah blah. I was like, great, yep, yeah, that's it. Like I can't miss that deadline. Mm-hmm. Like ignoring the fact that I I am now paid to do that, so it's like <laughs> e- extra pressure. Mm-hmm. It's part of my day job, and if I fuck it up, the owner of the company will have a go at me. <laughs> it's like extra pressure there, but yeah. It's nice that we aren't a topical podcast that we can get four six weeks ahead of ourselves. Yeah, ideally that would be lovely. That's what we aim for: is to be a few weeks ahead of ourselves, so we have that breathing room. If there is a technical hitch in an edit, or we've got to go away and do something, or one of us is ill, or whatever, it is life (laughs) gets in the way. Exactly, life uh, finds a way. (laughs) Then we have that breathing room to be like, okay, we're four weeks ahead of ourselves. We can afford to lose a week because whatever reason Mm. we're still three weeks ahead of ourselves that's fine we've got that breathing room blah 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 Mm. but it's that constant back and forth of we think we have some breathing room and then i'll have a family thing and then matt's ill and then tim's got a family thing Mm. and then i'm ill and it's like well that's the breathing room gone yeah Yeah." enough that one or two of us have a thing and it's like well we're we're recording on wednesday and it goes up on Friday. <laughs> I think the closest we had was a Tuesday to Friday recording. That's the tightest we've ever had it.
1: I don't think we've had it recently. We had was, it in the old that days. was the
0: inter, that was
2: an interseason last interseason I want to say something like that. Maybe yeah. yeah it definitely we, wasn't a
0: main main season thing.
2: Yeah. I think we've got a lot better than it was during the early days and you know Uh, Hey,
0: during the early days, I was the only editor. Uh, The early, early days. Without
1: chatting shit about our um, previous former hosts and things like that. They're a bunch of cowards. (laughs) But it's very much a battle arena and we're the last three men standing. Yeah. Because... Just, just
0: because of life pressures and moving around mm, on I like, have kids. Do need to make a film? Yeah, Tom moved away. So yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, well, how oh, are you get the game back? It's like because it's too difficult sometimes, yeah. and yeah. we are able it's, to do this. And it's we share difficult
0: enough, enough to coordinate the three of us. And any of you who do podcast, I know plenty of our listeners do their own podcasts, mm-hmm. or even try to like have a board games night mm-hmm. or a social a thing night, a D&D, or and D play D and D. D and D is the 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 meme of the D and D. Yeah, Yeah oh, wow, when I grow up, I'm going to have all this free time and cash and stuff. I can buy all the D&D books mm-hmm. and do whatever I like. Cause like, the real challenge is you'll never get four of your friends in the same room ever again. Yeah, <laughs> no!
3: like,
0: yeah it's that whole thing. It's difficult enough to get the three of us with our schedules and our mm. families and all this bollocks together in the same room at the same time, let alone adding another person when we do, like, Guests for the live streams and stuff. Yeah, and we have, we have lost guests because they couldn't do a specific date because we were all available on that Saturday and they said, "Oh, could you do the Sunday?" I was like, oh "We can't do the Sunday. Two of mm. us can't do the Sunday." Yeah, and we need at least two of us plus a guest to make it thing. Mm. Otherwise, it's a weird show that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "No, we can't do that." Or, or they're unavailable on the weekend that would be the last weekend of the thing. It's it's difficult scheduling. Scheduling and editing is for sure the most difficult yeah, part of it. which. Yeah, it's,
1: it's the reality of what we do. Also, because of, in previous formats we've done it, in huge hiatuses and gaps. We've we've worked. I'm not like sucking myself off here. We've worked very hard to make sure we've not missed a deadline. Basically, yeah. Mm. Um, I think everyone appreciates. I think the listeners are generally like happy and impressed mm. by that. Considering you know the pandemic didn't mm. fucking stop us. Yeah, we've had yeah. we've
2: had a few a few episodes go late for Patreon supporters, yep. but they've mm. always been before. They're always, they're, always they're always advanced. They're always early, if hmm. not as early as we hope they would be. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of our like Tuesday drops have always been here. I don't yes. think we've missed that. No. Apart from the dark times that we don't talk about. Yes. yes.
0: Precisely. We don't talk about that. Let's oh. let's I move know. on.
2: Let's move on to, to funner things. <laughs>
0: so I'm going to move on to a, fun enough, kind of what we just touched on. Question from Zenos. Hello. Hey. One of the other executive producers. Are you finding it weird being back recording in person? I appreciate it's how you were doing things up until the pandemic started. But as you've said before, I believe you recorded more episodes remotely than you had being in the same room as each other due yeah, to scheduling changes. Oh, Yeah, we worked this out. We did the maths a little while ago. It was like a couple of months ago at this point. And before we came back to being in person, I think when we were talking about, oh my God, can we record in person again? Get the <laughs> three of us in the same room for the first time in fuck two years, really? Mm. Jesus Christ. There was that moment we realized, like, what was the last thing recorded? It was Prometheus. I was yeah. Like, hmm. That is a decade ago. Oh, my (laughs) God. I can't even... I barely remember that episode. That was like season six. We're about to do season 10. I made cakes. Yeah, you did. Oh, my God. Yeah. How weird. I say made. (laughs) (laughs) You gave us cakes. Constructed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, it's on the Patreon bonus
0: episode. If you're able to find them. Uh, If not, don't worry about it. (laughs) It was the Prometheus outtakes. Yeah. Um, And yeah. It was such a weird thing for us to feel like we've gone weekly and we've been doing weekly episodes basically throughout the pandemic and we hadn't been doing weekly previously. So, and we had the dark times. So (laughs) we've actually done more episodes, the three of us over Zoom than we have done the rest of the show Mm. combined. The previous five seasons added up was like two seasons of us doing this weekly. It's like, oh, fucking hell. That's a lot of remote episodes. Mm. But to jump in there, I much prefer recording in person. Oh, it's Personally. infinitely better. Absolutely, so much better. yeah. Just the fact it, that we get to hang out and chat and stuff because yeah. Yeah. chatting over Zoom is just weird and also yeah. very played out in twenty twenty. That
1: moment there, where where Tim was about to speak and Jack jumped in, do you think it's yeah. a natural flow and both you pick up on the cues? Mm. That shit on Zoom, <laughs> fucking bad.
0: Yeah, but and yeah. the fucking you touched on earlier tim the technical difficulties mm. god the fucking delays so with many we're dealing with. like i would be two and a half seconds behind you guys i would go to jump in with something and i couldn't which is kind of what i do a lot of the time on this show mm. i have a lot of like oh one little like sarcastic little one-liners yeah. or whatever that's kind <laughs> of my thing couldn't do that on Zoom. There w- so there, there would be entire like 25 minute stretches where I just wouldn't talk because yeah. I know I'm on a delay. You know, yeah, and I'll be like, yeah. we established a hand signals thing, which we now do in person as well. Mm. Um, we've t- we've talked about that before. Thank you, Matthew. Matt just, put his- just flipped us the bird. It's a hand signal. What's your problem? It is <laughs> a hand signal. So yeah, when we, uh, and I've now established it on other podcasts I've been on and now host with like, like Search for mm. Candor. I mentioned earlier. If you want to jump in with a topic, basically that person will finish their thought or finish their sentence And then you can jump in with the thing that bounces off of that. Mm. And it works really well for us, I think. It's really helped our flow so we're not talking over the top of each other and and all that kind of stuff. That really, really helped over Zoom. And it still works in person, don't get Mm. me wrong, but I think it is essential to Zoom recording. Yeah. Because it is so difficult if there is a delay to know that you have a delay until it's too fucking late and you're talking over each other. Oh, you uh, you sounded fine to me. I mean, but no, no, Jack, you're like you're like three seconds behind, I'm like. and We would do the, ha- do the hand test, yeah. So we would have a little thing where Matt would <laughs> hold up his hand and say, "Ding, one, two, three, ding," and flick up your hand. Yeah. And we would see how quickly Tim and I would react to it, and I would be like, "Yeah, cool, I nailed that." And you'd be like, "Oh, Jack's just gone, I'm like fuck, I'm <laughs> yeah. three seconds yeah. behind you
1: guys." It would literally be like, "Okay, ready, ready, hands down. I'm gonna put a hand up, ready." It's like three, two, one. Ding, and they would be like literally as a typical visualized I'd be Tim would go ding and Jack would go ding. <laughs> Sorry, ding 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 <laughs> and so and then Tim and I would make a face and, Jack and I'd go, be like, yeah it, right? great <laughs> 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 oh, so slow uh, sure I had to go fuck I
0: don't fucking miss those. And I don't know we hmm. had this conversation not too long ago because I was like, are we going into another lockdown? Like oh, oh, yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. going on here? Yeah. What are we? Oh no, we're gonna have to go back to Zoom recordings or yeah. I mean some it's, fucking thing. Oh god. It's
2: good to know that we can do we that. We have the ability to do <laughs> we yes. We've got it. the
0: equipment. We've got we've each got now, thanks to Zoom meetings and stuff that we had to do before, a little recording thing. We've got an individual mic that we now take home with us. Mm. It's not all sat in Matt's spare room and we'd have to be like, yep. Oh, I have to record on my laptop mic or some bollocks. We're now mm. like equipped and ready to go. And it helps with the live streams as well, because mm. that's all remote because our guests are remote, so it makes sense yes, that we're then yeah applying
2: the same logic there i guess yes because otherwise it would be three of us crowded around a single webcam <laughs> in matt's room i guess i've had plenty <laughs> of I've had plenty of work meetings like that where yeah.
0: people are crammed around meeting desks and it's like me on there and they're like hey everyone and i'm like hello <laughs> on the other end of a long like <laughs> boardroom meeting table type thing
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah I think I think we universally agree, mm. right? Recording a person is and much easier, much more fun. Oh, yeah! And I think
2: Xenos as well. asked, like, was it weird? And I think it was weird for about ninety seconds, and yeah. it was yeah. back yeah. to normal. And it and was like, oh my god, it's it, so nice. I
1: can't stress. I mean, okay, so so I obviously I think same for both of all of us pandemic fear, just a lot of caution hmm. and, um, uh, and just trepidation, and just being
2: very very cautious. All, all three of us were pretty like on on the cautious side of things, oh, yeah. you know, like
0: we went jam- remote before a lot of other podcasts did. And I yes. know yes. for like jobs and stuff, a lot of businesses held out as long as they could. Mm. Yeah. Fuck that. We didn't. No, we, I think we recorded Prometheus in like beginning of March or something like that. And it was yeah, like, sure. we had a two week break and the lockdown happened on like the 23rd of March or something. Yeah. yeah. We were like, we know this is coming, so mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. let's just get ready to record remotely. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously I mean, Emma, your fiance works in healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> she, so. she
0: established the COVID ward at our at the Norwich hospital. Yeah. So yeah. Literally so, set it up yeah. from scratch as one of the managers there. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you need up to date fucking COVID numbers, <laughs> I know a person. Like, <laughs> oh, it's real bad. If she says, Yeah, it's real bad, I'll be like, Okay, right. Yeah, we we need to and we basically had, for want a better phrase like a town meeting of sequel and we're like yeah yeah we need to we need to work this out yeah because
1: there's no point i mean talk about those deadlines and things there's no point in us doing this and uh, we don't want to threaten any of us getting ill but it's Mm. also like from a very a purely selfish corporate mindset that puts us all behind yep so Mm. going off with covid two or three weeks like nah fuck that shit can't be doing it so it's Mm. just another factor of of, but but yeah am
0: i right in saying i'm the only one of the three of us that's actually had covid Yes, Yes, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. uh, yeah.
1: It was unavoidable you were gonna get it though. And I had it before it was cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had it it, uh, I've never never I've never had a positive COVID test in my life, but I had it early March twenty twenty. Yeah. And a colleague at a place I used to work at, keeping it as vague as possible, went to Laos and then came back from Laos and then Oh was just coughing all over the place. And I was like And me and and another colleague of mine both got really ill at that point and got really right. bad coughs and stuff. I got a forty degree fever and was vomiting all over the place and shaking. Yeah, and I was really ill for like two or three days. Thankfully, when I'm ill, it usually is very intense but very short. Mm. That seems to be how my mm. body, body works. For whatever. I think reason. mine's the
1: same, but I have like lasting symptoms that seem to take yeah. stay forever. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that happened. That's to just me. called being over thirty, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey! I, I had this. I had this before <laughs> any lockdowns or anything like that. So mm. this is. I, i'm a covid hipster basically <laughs> and I, I went to the Jesus gp Christ. and everything like i was barely able to stand and i was shaking and i was like yeah. it could be covid but we don't know before the lockdowns shit. and all this like we don't know how infectious it is so yeah. we went to the walk-in center of course emma and her mom <laughs> went there and he was like so if you stick some vapor rub in the shower and then run a really hot shower that'll clear you right out and i'm like wow what what about my 40 degree fever and projectile vomiting? He's like, you seem all right. I'm like, wow. Brilliant. Thanks. I've, have, I've had universally terrible experiences oh with my GPs God. my entire life, basically. Then Emma got COVID like a couple of weeks later and she had the opposite symptoms where she lost all sense of taste and smell, was really like lethargic and it dragged out for like six to eight weeks and all this kind of shit. Yeah. I had no smell or taste issues at all. I just had a really fucking bad fever for like three days and then I was fine colleague went to laos and then like four days later it was like no travel zones are oh, china laos and i was like oh fucking hell why okay right yeah, yeah. And it was literally so we had a business downstairs in our flat building that the ground floor is an office and they put up posters in the lobby of our fucking building where we live that said like if you've recently traveled or been in contact with everyone who's been in china or laos please don't enter this building i'm like Tough. I, I tough <laughs> shit. I live here. Like I'm not going in your office. I'm just going upstairs. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. That was a whole thing. So yeah, that's that's my story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we we had some hesitance when we came back in the room because we were still like, mm-hmm. but then literally again, cannot stress this.
0: I trust these two, and we played mm. it safe as well. We we we're so socially good. distanced now. We, we are. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, the fact that we don't all bundle up. Ignoring the fact spaces. that that's the best option mm-hmm. for audio as well. That's true. The mm-hmm. further apart we are, but we can still communicate with each other and see each other is better because you're not hearing each other in each other's mics as much yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But it helps the fact that I couldn't reach over and touch Tim right now. And I also mm-hmm. can't touch Matt. So there's mm-hmm. an element of social um,
2: distancing there. I can touch Matt. Also, we do make out before each session. As so That that's is probably... probably yeah. Yeah. Hey, slippy mouth time is different, Tim. That's a tradition.
0: <laughs> That predates the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> that was when good that, times. were was the the five way slippy mountain. Yeah,
1: come on, man, have some
0: respect for traditions. I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate you, I hate you, Matthew. What's the next question, Jack? Uh, also from Xenos, Now we've completed the MCU special trilogy from our Patreon stretch goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously two other goals on the Patreon, but they're a ways off. We know we're planning the Star Wars prequels for the one thousand <laughs> per month milestone. The now. Love Star Wars prequels. Uh, I hate that opinion has swapped around on that because people hate the sequels. Anyway, are there any other franchises the three of you are thinking about saving for for potential future stretch goals? Now that you're well over halfway to that point, I have an answer. So do I. Ooh, go on. No. I, I,
2: I sort of don't, but I okay. sort
0: of do. My thought is again along the prequels kind of line. Oh, okay. The
2: Hobbit. Interesting. I think they're shit. Oh, they they're bad. Yeah. yeah, and I would assume
1: that would be again a, a maybe a prequelizer Z kind of
2: yeah. Meh. But that,
1: in terms yeah. of like a it's, stretch goal, it's a big
0: no. Billy Big Bollocks do two films, don't do three Hobbit movies. No, no, I'd argue you do one, but because <laughs> <laughs> the book is like yeah, three hundred pages long or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I would argue you do two Hobbit movies as a big prequelizer special, allow the Mortal Kombat's. Yes. All the, the Hogwarts epic. Yes. However you want to describe mm. those episodes. See so, yeah. and do something like that.
2: Yeah. See, I think if I if I was just deciding how I would want to do the Hobbit, I would say do the Hobbit as a TV series. Oh, oh sure. Because cool. yeah. it's epi- it's an episodic book. Yeah. yeah. It would make much more sense that way. Fair fair. Because it works make. like vignettes almost, so it doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. These little Kind of mini adventures in a big yeah thing, exactly. Yeah. It's like this episode. It's the thing with the trolls. Yeah, a nice it's little riddles. song every episode. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, this episode yeah. it's riddles in the dark. This episode blah blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah,
1: yeah, smart,
2: smart, smart. I I agree with that. You ready
0: for the Tom Bombadil double bell? <laughs> <Hard pass. laughs> no, you're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How about you, Matt? No, no, that's my answer. I don't. Th- I don't. I think the MCU is such a b- like sp- the classic question we get is like, are you going to do a DC one? Mm. And the answer is no primarily Cause, because cause dc isn't <laughs> yeah at the moment anyway it's such a weird we couldn't do it at the minute because dc's not a whole thing mm. it's a very reactionary course correction constantly all over the place kind of thing mm. um and it'd be a cool thing to talk about dc movies as a whole yeah. including the richard Donner stuff and the tim burton and all the
2: other mad dc things in general mm. which which we have done in the but we've done yeah we've done uh batman forever we, it's yeah, Superman yeah. 3 Yeah, in the past. We've like covered a lot of these things. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. It, but but it's like the DCU is not the same as the MCU as much as we want to be because mm. it's not it's never been a fully formed thing and almost more importantly, it's not as enduring or uh industry changing. Mm. So our ways of like how would you fix it? It's like Pick a fucking lane to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what am I fixing the stuff that the started with it or fix the end? How do I fix it? Like yeah. Make it more like Shazam. Where, I can't with what to start with. So yeah, yeah. Where
2: Where do you put the start? Where do you put the finish? Mm. Where? Do you, yeah, yeah. What do you include? Yeah. You know, is the Batman a DCEU film? Is yeah. Birds of Prey a DCEU film? See, see, arguably no until the Flash film, and then maybe
0: all oh, well, yes. Yeah. Who and knows? Everything. Is. And then Batman Eighty Nine might be uh, mm. precisely. Yeah. And. Yeah.
1: On top of all that, we have also talked for four fucking hours about half of the DC stuff in the, well, the, the full, one, mm. well, you know, DCU things of the Snyderverse in the Justice League
0: episode. So yeah. we have covered a lot of it already, Yeah, is my answer. So, yeah. Two things we've already covered, well, uh, ish. James Bond is another one. We've already done interseason episodes about yeah. that in a two parter to kind of cover the two, like, older era and modern era sides of James Bond. So if that's piqued your interest, listeners go and listen to those. They're old interseason season episodes from previous interseasons. seasons mm-hmm. And thinking about how we could do something different would be something like one of the big horror franchises.
2: I also had that thought. Yeah, that was I, my... I don't
0: give enough of a shit about Friday the 13th or any of those fucking yeah, yeah. Done yeah. Nightmare yeah. Or on Elm Street 17 or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, We mentioned the Halloween, Jonathan Verklark mentioned the Halloween mm-hmm. reboot call- mm. thing or whatever. Here's how I would like to do it. And this is like big, you know, big picture, Billy Big Bollocks type stuff is we would have to do like an entire like mini season essentially of one franchise. Mm. And we would go like Jack, Matt, Tim, Jack, Matt, Tim and sequelize each other going through. Mm. So we'd have like, you have Friday the 13th part one. Jack, you're doing part two. Matt, you're doing part three. Tim, you're doing part four. Mm. And we're going like to maintain yeah. continuity. You have to maintain continuity and sequelize right. each right, other right, appropriately. Right, right, right. If I've cast this person, you now need to keep that person, unless yeah, they die or kill them off or whatever. Yeah. But if you kill them off in part three, then Matt can't have them in part four. Mm. Et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera, Doing a yeah. JJ Abrams
1: and saying, "I didn't like what you did there. I'm going <laughs> to change it." Yeah, yeah. Just, just,
0: just Ryan Johnson that Abrams and Abrams that Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know we talked about that. That's potentially. What what we would do with the prequels is each sure. of the three of us would pick a prequel to do mm. and then we have to maintain continuity across the three of us. Yeah. That is again kinda similar to what we did with the MCU stuff where we mm. kind of yeah, painted the, the, the wider yes. picture of the fixes Yeah, we, we tried and stuff to, like that.
2: Like we didn't end up having too much crossover in our fixes. No. But we 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 didn't deliberately uh, like undermine each other or, or uh, no. you know
1: the closest we came to sabotage was putting Elon Musk in Iron Man Two as Jack's pick for
0: everything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking Elon Musk. Yeah, so yeah,
2: yeah I, I think I yeah. think that 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 leapt to mind for me as well for something that would be appropriate as a stretch goal that people might be interested in seeing. Yeah, because there's obviously a lot of horror fans, the horror fans you know, really care um, about that. Um, stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah something that has the the scale of an mcu maybe not quite the scale but like that feels significant enough to make a stretch goal i yeah, think that's the thing is the thing yeah. because we could you know we could pick any other film that we we just really want to fix but yeah. it's not quite you you want it to be something substantial something that would get people interested and and i think because of the nature of the dcu the fact that we've already done bond as its own thing in the interseason like those types of things are few and far between. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for something that we could then tackle. Yeah, definitely. Although I did just have an idea just while I was just, my eyes like ran across Matt's DVD collection. Uh Uh-oh. We take all the fake sequels from the twenty one slash twenty two Jump Street oh, series wow. that they have at the end of twenty two Jump Street, oh my God. and we do a pitch for each of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: Contract dispute? What contract dispute? No. I mean, <laughs> <it all time. laughs> I'm really glad you're back, man. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Moving on to the next question. Nice little quick one here. Hopefully, yeah. How many sequels? It's too many sequels what? in like franchise terms. I've got a definite answer to that one.
1: <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> no limit. As long as the writing is good, I I just
0: said five because fucking fucking else.
2: I I think it, <laughs> I think it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> I just made that number. I like number five. <laughs>
0: I, I agree. It, it depends. Is the I mean, actual answer? This way. Yeah.
2: The MCU again. Yeah. I think if yeah. you try, Arguably. if you're trying to tell a single cohesive story with a series. Oh, one character, one story, kind of thing. Yeah, or even Eesh. like one group of characters, but sure, one story. sure, sure, sure once you get beyond 3, it becomes difficult because just people forget stuff. Also, uh, and if, it if becomes... you've
0: structured your story in like a three act structure yes you then got the into natural, act four and it's like okay it's the natural are you thing. just redoing act one but sure. with younger characters now it's like yeah. yeah yeah yeah.
2: i think if you have a more episodic series so something like a star trek a james bond a mission impossible then it is easier to keep that train going as long as you have decent writing decent directing decent yes. acting etc yeah. etc i think yeah it, it depends on what you're trying to do yeah i think again horror struggles with this because most horror films start off as very distinct, like here is a single story and then maybe we'll do a thing in the last 30 seconds that could be like, Oh, it's not quite over. Yeah, is it? Is
0: it? Uh, are they? Are they really dead? And horror films often, as we talked about before, make shitloads of money because they're so low budget. Yeah.
2: Well, like, yeah, but there, there's also you can then justify
0: a sequel. As but, like, well, it made loads of money. Like,
2: but okay. then there's for every horror film that has no budget and makes a load of money, there's a horror film. There's there's a dozen horror films that have no budget and disappear without oh, a sure, trace. That sure. is true. Um. So, like, I think yeah, horror is a tricky one because they it kind of wants to be episodic it kind of wants to tell a story but the, the person that you end up following usually ends up being the antagonist and then that to take like nightmare on elm street as an example you end up turning freddy krueger into a protagonist kind of and the same sort of yeah thing. exactly yeah, yeah. so i think horror struggles with that because it's very rare that you get a horror film where they're like oh we're going to make four of these like you are guaranteed to make four of these you know and then and then it will end or or whatever or it's
1: usually cuz uh, horror is based on a concept rather than a person yeah arguably so i mean in the in the it's universal it's what is was, a thing that scares you rather precisely. than precisely <clears throat> and the more you learn about it the less scary it is so of course yeah. the, the more you yeah. break it down it's like i don't care anymore yeah. i kind i want to fuck it
2: that's that tends to be the evolution of horror yeah. it goes from ah to ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i think <laughs> for horror really the answer should be none there should be no horror sequels. Sure. You should just do Ooh. one-off horror films. Don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, you're pissing off a lot of horror fans. Strong, right now, but, yeah. yeah. But uh, for for everything else, it depends on. There's Mastercard. There's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think I think for
1: me, as I say, writing is key because again, I every time I'm thinking to myself, nah, you couldn't do that, and
2: I'm like, yeah, Mission Impossible yeah. Six is great though. It it also depends what you how you think of sequels because this is true. Like. You can have a, a trilogy from I don't know the eighties or something that worked really well as a unit and then you come back twenty years later in the two thousands mm. <laughs> uh, and tell a story about I don't know those characters' kids or something with like two of the original cast back and, Creed. Have a, and ha yeah, exactly. Creed mm. is a perfect a perfect example. Because you could point a Rocky movie. and go like, Why the fuck were there so many Rocky films? But then Creed comes along is a great film, yeah, is Works in that series, but is so distinct from them. But is also definitely a sequel. It's yeah, like yep. Yep. so, yeah, definitely. So
1: yeah, as I say, I think that I think it's it's very hard to put like a number on it. But Toy
0: Story Four shouldn't have been uh, made. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> it's fantastic, but it shouldn't be a thing. Agreed. Along similar sort of lines, let's hear a question from Gadget from Modern escapism hello? Who was a guest on one of our live streams? We talked about evil Nerf. It was delightful. evil Nerf is fucking spectacular. And the Modern Escapism boys are fantastic. Agreed. And Candy Machine as well. We just didn't get a chance to meet her. We hung out with the dudes. True. Yeah. Anyway, Gadget says, are there any first films that are terrible but have great sequels you'd want to cover? And Matt, you touched on one right there. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mission Impossible 1? Ah, it's it's, it's good, fine. It's, it's fine. Mission Impossible 2? Not great. Mission Impossible 3? Yeah, 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 it's mm. pretty good. 456? Yes, fucking please. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout are fucking brilliant they're the best 3 of those 6 it's mad
2: i think it's it's very rare that you have a bad film that then leads to a good or great sequel the opposite of
0: the original sequelizers yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: we yeah. fix the good sequels to bad movies usually <laughs> it's if if it does happen it's that the first one was good and then the sequel goes to great yeah like because sure, sure. i think like mission impossible you go like yeah the first one's yeah, the first yeah. one's pretty good, yeah, pretty good and you know second one's worse Third one I like, but you know, and then, and then, oh wow, now these have got really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. But they like, they very rarely, even Mission Impossible 2, you wouldn't necessarily say it's bad, it's just completely average.
1: Yeah. There to
2: me is one
1: very distinct answer, but it's kind of a bullshit answer, Mm -hmm. and that's Star Trek. I've got Wrath of Khan on my list. Wrath of Khan, yeah. Following the motion motion picture,
0: crap. (laughs)
2: crap. It's uh, the boring cut
1: is moments to it, but good God! But then even that is a sequel to a TV series. It's 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 established universe stuff. So. Yeah, and Wrath of and Khan is also yeah.
0: a sequel to an episode. Exactly, yeah. So, and again... Not really the motion
1: Molot. pictures. of mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that one, yeah. is, I think, is one of the best examples of, like, the first one is like, ah, fuck me. The two is like,
0: yes! Which, interestingly, is, and we touched on this before when we did our Star Trek episode, when you fixed Star Trek V, yeah. way back in the day. That's way more common in something like video games. Because often with the first game, you get a establishing of a concept, or building of some mechanics, and you mm. get, there's a genesis of an interesting idea there, but in the second one, they actually learn how to use the engine properly mm. and tell stories with these characters and all this kind of stuff. Your beloved series, Mr. Matthew Stogden, Assassin's Creed, is a perfect example of this. Sure, First one is like, hey, it was interesting. It did something different. It was, it was pretty good for the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. It handles like a bag of shit. And there's <laughs> lots of like, random fetch quests. And you're just walking and listening to people stuff. I think it's old enough to stuff. be considered retro gaming. Though. Oh, <laughs> I withered and died into a skeleton. It's two I consoles it. ago. <laughs> uh, and then Assassin's Creed 2, it's like, oh my god, yeah. this is a fucking step up. Portal 1 is like, amazing, brilliant idea, it's like two hours long, it's a great little mm. puzzle game. Yes, Portal 2, one of the best games ever made. Mm. Brilliant story, brilliant ideas, takes everything you liked about Portal and steps it up to the next level mm. in every possible way. Very much like you were saying earlier, mm. Tim, it's like, oh, it's fine, come on, yes, mm. first one's good, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Second one, fucking brilliant. That happens way more and is much more mm. of a trope in video games. But I think we do see it a lot in films as well. We've touched on the Fast and Furious franchise as yeah. well. The the franchise yeah. that fixes itself five movies in like <laughs> one, eh, two is bad. Mm. I like three more than two. Four is bad. Five and six, five and six are great. Yeah, i
1: I think there's actually a strange example of this in earlier superhero films in that there was a belief in Hollywood that the most important story is the origin story. Mm. And then finally people got to the whole like, hang on, we don't have to worry about dealing with the origin story bullshit. There's a really interesting story you can tell with these established characters. And like, yes, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what they've been fighting for this whole time to get this, you know, mm. Feige's been trying to get this MCU sort of thing off the ground to get this point where you're like, great, I know the characters, give me the rest of the story. The origin is in fact mm. I mean, it's like like with with the Batman. Yes, it's kind of an origin sort of because it's in early days of mm. him being Batman and reintroducing us as audience members. It's not his origin. No. It's not him, like, deciding to
2: do this for the first not time. Not even year
1: one. It's year two. Year two, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that's the point. It's like, we know the better stories for these types of characters are there.
2: Can't believe we've had two fucking Fantastic Four origin stories when the origin is, like, the least interesting uh, thing about the Fantastic nothing, Four. Nothing. Yeah. No, it's, it's such a, like, classic, like... I mean, yeah. yeah. Fantastic Four is a perfect example. Mm. Spider-Man, similar thing. Where you're like, I don't
1: care as bit by a spider.
2: No, Spider Spider Man's interesting because the origin isn't actually the biting by the spider. It's the Uncle Ben dying. It's the Uncle like, Ben. There's, thing. Exactly. there's drama there. Yes. Whereas really, like, there's there's several superheroes where the origin is like the least exciting thing. Yes. And yeah, it should just be yeah. No, they jump are to, Jump to the meat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The the one I had down. Yeah. Which again, it doesn't really work. Is. El Mariachi to Desperado. Oh, because of monies yeah. and stuff. Because of money, yeah, mainly. that makes complete <laughs> sense. I get that. I get that. And then I'm sure at some point we'll do Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Because that will. film is. I do not care for that film. Weird. Yeah, could have been
1: so great. Really, just <laughs> Johnny Depp. Yeah, let's be said about the better
0: until the episode. Next question is about movie crushes. Oh, mm. what was your first movie crush, and what is your current movie crush? Weirdly enough, I had a conversation with Jack and his fiance about this quite recently. You did, yeah. yeah. Part of a like Dagdo Hindu thing. It was, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're organising the questions for Emma's Hendu things, like a Mister and Mrs. style thing for her Hindu, because getting married in May, mm-hmm. so preparing for all that bollocks. And we're trying to work out like what <laughs> your wedding, and, all that bollocks, and joyful, that bollocks. joyful marriage well, like, and future it's, together. It's, all that bollocks. It's just stress at the moment, Tim. We're getting ready. Have we got enough money? And it's like, we need to pay everything in like a couple of weeks. It's all. It's nothing but stress. Hey, Jack. Yeah. That stress never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the rest of your life, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've talked about this a few times. Funny, enough, we touched on it on the show previously. My first movie crush was Evie from The Mummy. It was Rachel Vice. Good fucking That's choice. That's a good selection. I mean, I don't
1: it... judge people's tastes in like, you know, who they want
0: to slippy mouth with. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> hate yeah, yeah, you so much, Dogden. But uh, good fucking choice. <laughs> and I know it's kind of become a bit of a meme now, but it's not wrong in that your sexuality is determined by how many characters you're attracted to. <laughs> and the mummy is like, "Is it all of them? Good work. Is it only some of them? Good work. You basically can't go wrong. So take your pick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> even John Hannah looks good in that. Oh, film Oh, even John, John Hannah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh dear, but yeah, uh, Evie in the mummy. I think I saw that when I was. Ten, probably something Mm, like that. Sure, sure. Hello, this is the thing. I'm enjoying looking at this thing. (laughs) Jacket immediate (laughs) puberty. Yeah, any first movie crushes for you guys?
2: I couldn't remember like the timeline exactly, so I threw down a few. Oh, because I'm sure the only Tim's honourable mention. (laughs) Oh no. Uh, yeah. So I I threw down a few potential options. I bet you did. Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I get what you mean, man. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. Also, also played by Jane Wheedlin of the Go Go's. Mm. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, Tia Carrera in Wayne's World. Oh, I get that. that's one
0: for me too, Tim. Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
2: Christina Ricci in Casper. Tim, knocking on all my fucking doors here. Yeah, and uh, and the mermaids in Hook. Interesting. <laughs> I don't remember the mermaids in Hook. I'm not They're there for like 45 seconds. That, that's, yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's enough. For that's enough, Jack that's Jack. enough to make an impression. <laughs> they show up, they <laughs> snog Robin Williams. So that's it, basically. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Matthew, dare I ask? You absolute
0: deviant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, mine's question. Some, Some fucking. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. All the cenobites just about. fucking
1: peeling the skin off. And I'm like, oh, lovely. That explains a lot. Um, yeah. So basically, when I was a kid, I uh, grew up those well, classic, you know, hanging out a fucking outside of a, a, a Martin's or an off license or a, or a Martin's a, yeah, Martins being a, you know, a agent And you'd be like, have no money, couldn't do anything. You're like, who do you fancy? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's quite fit. She's a, which one of the Spice Girls. You're like that you kind, kind tell of tell you of from bollocks. London. Fucking yeah. all that, all that bollocks. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have an answer. I better, I better come up with an answer. And I actually genuinely went away and thought about it. John Hanna. I mean, <laughs> oh, shit. John bloody Hanna. <laughs> Wrap his legs around me like a feed bag. <laughs> Got a to tone on his asshole.
2: Oh, Ugh, God. Time for some slippy mouth. <laughs> slippy mouth as taught to me by John Hanna. Does that answer your question? not <laughs> had John Hanna <laughs>
1: Anyway, so he, he likes to, to hear his own voice when, you know, I want him. But basically, um, no, I had to go away and do a lot of actual research because it was like, it was the case of like, you know, you were talking about when I was like 12, 13, people like saying,
0: oh. By research, do you mean crawling through your wank bank? <laughs>
1: kind of. Ancient, and, ancient wank bank yeah. history. So basically it was the case of like, I don't know. So it was like, oh, I love Lara Croft. Oh, yeah, she had a fucking triangular tits. <laughs> um, but basically I had to generally think, no, if this is going to be a serious thing. I want to give a serious answer. I'm going to go and have a think about it. Who have I fancied as a little boy and now fancy as a teenager? Who, 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 who? Can't be a 25-year-old woman. That's stupid. Having someone my age who's going to age with me. Yes, yes, yes. Let me think. Christina Ricci was the answer. Um, because I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, that Wednesday Addams girl's cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this Casper girl is really fucking cool. And then I got to about uh, 15 years, 16 years old. And Sleepy Hollow came out I'm like, I'm... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um so Christina Ricci has been and then the thing when I met my wife like in the first couple of months of us dating, like talk about like childhood crushes and stuff. Mm. And she,
0: one of those was Christina Ricci. I said, Yes! <laughs>
1: Problem solved. Yeah. What about most recent Jack?
0: Most recent? See, I feel like it's Lady, Lady
1: Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, Grogu. F- F- He's yeah. 50
0: years old. Leave him alone. He's an old man. <laughs> oh, that's such a weird thing to say, but uh, you're not wrong.
1: I have a, I have a s- simple answer to that one too. Because again I thought about it Don't like really like oh mm. who do I respect it mine's like nah it's purely a primal fucking thing I just like mm. dark hair and tits, sorry. Um it's Dennings. mine is too <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just
2: angry Jewish lady <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant <laughs> <laughs> oh. wow. uh so I was I was thinking like really I was like who who is the most recent person who has given me like a reaction uh in <laughs> cinema and it's you're not supposed to be doing that in <laughs> cinema <laughs> <laughs> And if they discover me, they can kick me out, but I'll finish or, 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 first. <laughs> Alright, Pee-Wee Herman. <laughs> no, it's uh and it is funny because we were laughing about this the other the week. Um mm-hmm. about the, the tweet that was like uh, mm-hmm. someone who was saying like oh when, when Zoe Kravitz came on the screen in the Batman, oh. a girl in my cinema audibly moaned. Oh, yeah and, uh, and I was like, Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I went to see the Batman, I was like, Yeah, I understand that.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair, that's a good shout. I completely respect that.
0: <laughs> <sighs> what thirsty boys. On a completely unrelated question, what's your
1: ideal dessert? Okay. Do you guys know this one? For, for, for myself? Me, for yeah,
2: me. No, no, no. For you. I, I, I feel like we have discussed this before, but I can't oh, remember. I need weird... something suitably mattish <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's going to be something very stogged isn't Uh it? The
1: answer is shoe pastry.
0: So whether that's eclairs or profiteroles or shoe buns. Uh, you have that as an entire category. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Well,
1: just different shapes, isn't it? A shoe <laughs> bun is a fist, and a, a profit roll is a tiny little fist, and,
2: <laughs> and, a, and, a, profit, and a clay is a long you just fist. Wants, you just want to be battered to death. You just, I'm you all just by just shoe like sho- pastry.
0: Fist-shaped yeah. fist pastry. Why don't I say it's shaped like a dick?
1: It's weird. It's like large balls or small balls. It's freaky. No, but yes, shoe pastry, because it's just, again, a very particular type of pastry, chocolate on top and cream inside. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. I, I will eat that. Until I die, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't put it past you, mate. I might die. I know, I know what you're like. It would yeah.
1: happen very slowly, but you would you would they, die. They sell in lots of shops these giant pyramids of profiteroles rolls. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'll take that in a spoon. I'm fine. <laughs>
0: that <Good Lord>. spoon <laughs> can't take <laughs> <laughs> All I need is a bowl of profiteroles rolls on an angry Jewish woman. <laughs> I mean, and a low quality JPEG. <laughs> <of content>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lovely. That's an insight into what Matt would be up to <laughs> right now if we weren't here
3: recording. <laughs> oh
0: my answer, unfortunately, is fucking everything. I have a massive sweet tooth and I will eat basically any dessert you put in front of me. A baby bird? Yes.
2: Oh, if it's dipped in chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I'll in bring my vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: vegetarian unless you dip it in chocolate. That's a, that's a <laughs> yeah. matter. Then I'm eating chocolate and that's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought this was Turkish delight. That raw pink inside. Don't know. That's that's pork. I'm not <laughs>
3: pork. It's raw pork. That's, that's raw pork. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's
0: the pink inside. Is the eh. yeah. yeah. I'll eat Chocolate pretty much good. pretty much any dessert you put in front of me. Shit, so you know,
1: like no like key preference. I think you'd like oh, that's what? my peak one. I'd love
0: to have right now. No, not especially. Interesting. I, I really do like. Go through phases of like, oh, I'm in, really in the mood for a cheesecake or sure, uh, uh, a shoe bun spin off or whatever the fuck, however, let you me wear those try
1: things. a different question for you then to whittle this down because I think we can get to one more category. Would you prefer a hot dessert like mm-hmm. a stick it off pudding or a pie thing or a cold dessert like an ice cream? I know you can say both, but which one would you I'm think? Typically a cold dessert. There we go. Okay, interesting. Typically, that's all I, I mean. would go for.
0: A cake or a cheesecake or a profiterole or a whatever. Sure. You wouldn't because I'd have mind. them down me all first, but that's fine. <laughs> we're fighting over profiteroles and candenics.
1: At, at my friend D's <laughs> wedding, uh, there were profiteroles and people were like kind of full from the dinner. And I was at a table of eight and they were like, oh, kind of fall? And all the profiteroles were slid over to me. And I think I must have had at least 30. 30?
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say like six to eight. No, it was
1: 30. It was obscene.
0: How are you the slimmest sequelizer? This is bollocks. I mean, getting on a bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know as the answer to that question. They were delicious, though.
2: <laughs> then what about you? Very simple. Oh, very classy, unlike my previous answers. <laughs> oh. Uh, vanilla cheesecake. Ah, just like a really good a, a vanilla, New, New, York a New York cheesecake, cheesecake? Yeah. A New York cheesecake. That, that, like, yeah or maybe like a like I feel a... like
0: we've talked about this before because I knew that was your answer somewhere deep so in the oh, recesses yeah. of my mind, yeah, yeah you' yeah. um, just got that vibe about you classy, classy
2: New York boy, yeah, mm. occasionally like a maybe like a lime cheesecake or what? a lemon cheesecake mm, like I just that. that little bit of citrus, but yeah, one I did want to shout
0: out that I had the other day and I'd forgotten was great mm-hmm. is an Eden mess. Oh, just yeah, a little bit meringue shit in a bowl. And shit in a bowl. Mm. Yeah, that's what I need. Meringue shit in a bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for Americans, I don't know. Is it a thing in America? Eat messes? Pro- probably not. Probably
2: called something. It's probably, yeah, it's probably yeah. called something. It, it's called like a Minnesota salad or something.
1: <laughs> The Minnesota salad, a Philly hand, you had one of those? <laughs> it's like, it's called an evil we'll
0: mess. A Philly cheesesteak yeah. and a Minnesota salad, please. Like yeah. It. Yeah.
2: It's exactly the same. It's just got mayonnaise on it as well. Oh. And ranch. Emma, Emma would be happy.
1: Oh. Emma puts mayo on
0: fucking anything. It
1: an embarrassing amount of mayonnaise. I,
0: I'm well aware, Matt. I know, but I've got to say, I'm loud every time. I have to regularly top up our stocks of mayonnaise in the fridge. And we have multiple flavors of mayonnaise at any given time. We've
1: been to a restaurant or would like have a cafe or other thing, we're having breakfast. And I've seen your fiance send the waiter back twice because they didn't bring enough mayonnaise <laughs> sachets. I've
0: also been in restaurants where she bought her own bottle of mayonnaise because she wasn't sure if they did mayonnaise. My is white, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she's white as fuck. She's ginger, no less. She's white. Boy, it's as... so spicy. you don't get more white than that. Full of mayonnaise and being ginger. As Caucasian mm-hmm. as you get, the better or worse. Next question. Yes. Who edits the show? All we of kind us. of touched on this earlier. Yeah. All three of us do. In the good old days, it were just me. Yeah. For the first... Four seasons. When you were doing uh, the
1: idea was that you would do the uh, the post production. We do the pre production because we'd do all the yes. writing and do all the writing. I did
0: none of the writing. Yes, I did research and I took notes during the show of like yep, yep. which pitch I preferred. For those of you who are new to the show, we used to do a previous format when there was five of us. There were two teams of two. It was like more like a panel show kind of vibe, yeah. competition kind of thing where Matt and his partner and it was Stuart and Alec, and then mm-hmm. it was Matt and Tom, then Matt and Tim, yep, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh Two teams of two, each one would have a pitch and they would battle out. And me as like the host, I would pick my favorite one from that episode. Yeah. And I would take notes as we go. And then basically because you guys had done all the writing and literally came in with printed out scripts for some stupid fucking reason. All the loud loud (laughs) bits of (laughs) paper. paper. Oh, you're acting like, yeah, why didn't we think of that? We did. I argued about with Alec about it every fucking day we recorded. <laughs> and he would come up with like four sheets of A4 and I'd be like, stop printing your pitches, Alec. <laughs> and then, because he would be the often one that would be recording them on his laptop. Yes. He would then give me the files to edit on a fucking CD <laughs> because Alec is Alec. Oh my God. He's he, he's such a dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I would do all the editing, all the like yeah. scheduling of the posts and all that bollocks and all that kind of stuff on, on SoundCloud when we use SoundCloud. Uh yeah. So I was editor for the first I think it's four seasons and then you joined season four or five, Tim, something like three. that. Three three. Three,
1: fucking hell. See, everyone always thinks like Tim's new. Tim's the first season was like six episodes. Yeah. Second was eight. Tim's been here ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's I'm like, much.
2: I technically am the newest, but, but I'm not yes. new. Yeah. No, no, yeah.
1: precisely, yeah. Um you you've um if you think about like running a race, you've outlapped everyone else multiple, multiple <laughs> times. And the key thing is, if was like, "Oh yeah, I remember those days when it was two pitches." And say, so, "Stop, stop right there." First of all, just a little reminder. And anyone who thinks like this person here and think, "Oh, we could do that again," it was very difficult. And we would cover the episode as in the, the films it's, uh, themselves, cover two pitches, and they'd be shorter than what we're currently doing. You're getting episode, much more episode stuff. Episode one
0: is like forty something minutes long. What the fuck? I don't know how we did it. mind, the pitches were shorter. And there was a, we didn't do as much of the discussion as we do now. Yes. But like, it was very different. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So much of that first season is an hour long, basically, with two pitches in it.
1: And to answer the question, we all divide
0: everything equally. It is Mm -hmm. literally a three way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Matt, Matt, for example, Matt creates like YouTube thumbnails and stuff. Tim, you've been booking guests for like live streams and stuff. I do a lot of like the admin and accounting kind of stuff as part Mm. of the like, like, Withdrawing the Patreon money, making mm. sure that goes in our bank account, paying John Scarrett for the work he does for us, for all the artwork and mm. stuff, because we want to make sure the people we're working with are getting paid and all that kind yeah. of bollocks. Mm. Not us, uh, but exactly, yeah. <laughs> and we share the responsibilities of like posting merch and stuff. Like mm. Tim has yes. some of the t-shirts, Matt has some of the t-shirts, I have some of the t-shirts. Oh, if somebody's bought this t-shirt, quick, that's a jack job. He'll go mm. to the post office and we'll yeah. sort all this stuff out. We spread it out as much as we can, basically. And whoever's turn it is to edit also does the teaser, also does the social media post, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we, we pretty much share everything pretty equally, which is nice because I know you guys were stressed back in the day from all the writing you were doing and I was stressed yes. from all the editing I was doing. And yeah. now I get to do writing, which is very nice and mm-hmm, also very mm-hmm. stressful. Going mm-hmm. back to the things we don't like about it is deadlines of writing is, mm-hmm. is stressful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think having it, a balance now where, especially for me, I think the biggest shift for me was going and becoming a fully-fledged sequelizer if I want to a phrase mm. of, Actually, being able to write my own pictures. Dropping and stuff. the neutrality of host. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And being like, actually, no, I want to do this one. Or, you know, you guys did Spider Man 3, but I did Blade 2, so I also got to do Spider Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Spider Man 3 is the only, uh, from b- back in the days when it was competitive, it's the only one I'm bitter that we didn't win over. I agree. Because
0: they <laughs> appeal to my Miles Morales. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
1: But it's all good. Last. <laughs> we won in the end? That's how
2: I see it I know, I know We the outlasted them Yes
0: <laughs> I know the one that still pisses off Stuart And I've spoken to him since then about this Is the Matrix one
1: Really? Yeah I thought you went with his one in the end
0: No I didn't, I chose yours Good, yeah, that was the right choice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart's is fucking depressing I know people
1: bang on about the ending of Stuart's and Like, oh, it's so great It's like, yeah, did you enjoy that? So sort of like very meta-aggressive sort of thing Yeah, I loved it did you like the Matrix Resurrections? <laughs> ah, I, um, yeah, Resurrections. Yeah, Resurrections yeah. Did you yeah. like that? No, I didn't like it. Uh, you probably wouldn't like his either. <laughs> Not saying
0: it again, but that's a, that's a dick. Yeah, but yeah, I know a lot of people have talked about, like... I, I've, I've talked about it in other shows. I can tell who's editing a particular episode from different hosts and stuff. Yeah. Certain people have different techniques and stuff. I think now, between the three of us, you can't really tell who's editing unless you are fucking tuned in and you really, really know sequelizers. Mm, yeah. And I, as far as I know, we don't have any listeners that are paying us that much attention to like the audio of it. Mm, like, sure. oh, Jack tends to leave in more ums. Mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Tim tends to add out all the ands and buts and the pauses and stuff. <laughs> Matt's editing is faster, whereas Matt Jack's has a slightly slower pace to sure, it. And all sure. kind of stuff. There are certain ways. So I know the guys at RKG, mm-hmm, uh, they mm-hmm. do a YouTube show, so the editing is very different, obviously with video and stuff, and they're taking four or five-hour gameplay clips and cutting Mm. it down to an hour. So it's this massive, like, yeah, they play a game over and over and over again. They're doing Dark Souls bosses for four hours straight and all this kind of stuff, and cutting it down to the highlights. And because that is such a big editing job and a big change from the raw product to the edited product, there's the process of editing is more key to the final product, if Mm. that makes sense. You notice yeah. the small changes because they're exacerbated in that process. Yeah. Whereas it's, with it's, us, it's trimming out pauses and oh shit, I didn't mean to say that. And and I, I, I said regret w- 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 earlier because I c- <laughs> couldn't pronounce an R for some reason. <laughs> so hopefully, we're trimming out all the crap and maybe Jack prefers like this type of outtake, and I'll keep that in the outtakes. But Tim just put that on the cutting room floor, or vice sure, versa, sure, that kind of thing unless you're really paying attention, I can't imagine people are, are picking up on that stuff. I don't know. Listeners, let us know if you can mm, work out. like, point. oh, Oh, this is a Jack episode. <laughs> they know because we post in Discord. That gives it away. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we'll wait. It's Friday morning. We're waiting for the teaser, and there's a post from me on Discord, like, here's the teaser. Yeah. Like, well, that's a Jack edit then, because mm. he posted on Discord. Yeah, <laughs> good point, good point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I I would struggle to tell the difference between a Matt and a Jack if I didn't
1: already know. If someone um, pulled up a random episode now and said, like, who edited this? Unless I had distinct memories, I go...
0: I and, unless it's yeah. a me, because I can tell it's a me edit, because yes. I edited it. Oh, yeah, the memories yeah. of it, yes. Because I've heard that, that episode mentioned. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was either one of you two, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. I'd say there's one thing which I can almost guarantee. And, and the thing that, that also maybe even the listeners will pick up on as well, and that's the EP clips. Oh, yeah. That's sure. when you know our personality is shining through. we have, <laughs> We don't discuss that. We choose in the edit in the moment, like, what are we gonna sling in here after all these yeah. yeah. names? Yeah. Who, who edited who
0: the Donnie Yen episode? Ah, oh, it's got a bunch of Rogue One quotes there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one of the three of them picked yeah. that one.
1: Yeah, that, that's when you know it's gone. Like, uh, like ah, uh, that's a, that's a chance for us to put our most most of our personality. Yeah. Into mm. a, yeah, yeah.
0: There's not much personality in our style of editing. Certain podcasts do have, a, like I said, certain YouTube channels do have a very stylized personality-driven edit. Mm. We mostly just trim the. Fat and the crap out and leave it that we because we're such a conversational podcast. I think it works for us to then yeah,
2: and that's that's the thing. Like as much (laughs) we spent a while earlier complaining about the process of editing. Like it's a pretty easy job compared to how difficult some things are. God yeah, Um, because we just you know we record for x amount of time too long too long, Uh, but we'll like maybe trim like. 20 minutes of that in total yeah. over the course of like an edit. hit. Yeah. It's because um, we know
1: our mic discipline in the room. Yeah. We tend to know what we shouldn't be
0: doing. And yeah, yeah we
2: trail on too long at some time. We used to be area. much
0: worse at that, for the record. Yeah. That's true. We've gotten much We've got better, better over the last five years, for sure.
2: And I think when it comes to reading out the pitches, it's slightly different because that you have a thing that you are reading out and you yeah. want to make sure you're getting it accurate. So that will often have a lot more flubs there because you're just trying to say something that is written down specifically in a certain way. That also
0: comes that we've not read
2: them ahead of time as well. the first time. If I I
0: had pre-read a pitch, I feel like I would flub less. If you're literally reading a sentence for the first time and saying it out loud and trying to get the intonation, I don't know if this sentence ends in a question mark yet. So I'm going to be like and that was a thing for tomorrow? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a thing for tomorrow. Like, yeah. Right, I meant to read that as a question. Shit, I didn't read that as a question. Sorry, especially I didn't realize... me
2: with my fucking eight claws run on sentence. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I
0: think, I think you can tell whose pitches are whose. Oh yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Because mm. we have again, that's far more personality driven. That's much mm. more of a driven by our creative mm. things, which are way more personal to us than. Course. Oh, I, I don't like ums and ers. I take out more. I keep in ten percent of the ums, whereas. Tim keeps 8% of the erms. Like, who fucking cares? And I think podcasts can be over-edited, and that's something I know I've been guilty of in the past when I've edited stuff. You can over-edit something and make it so you're taking out all the little pauses and all the little things where people naturally stop like i just did in that sentence twice Mm -hmm. i'm gonna gonna get rid of all of those exactly Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just talking like this the whole time and it's like constantly run on sentence i do talk like that all the time (laughs) that's just matt talking yeah Yeah,
2: matt we have to insert pauses for (laughs) you may not know this matt's actually slowed down by 20 (laughs) percent. do you think he talks fast on this i've done that before Uh, yeah that's
0: fair (laughs) i've I've literally slowed down matt's talking because when you're on a roll, you can the ends of your sentences can often b- just become a blur. Oh, they flow. And I've and yeah. I've had to slow them down before, or add a pause in there between sentences. I have to do it for myself as well. And there's weird moments where what I find really interesting is when we know we're on a podcast, so we kind of self-edit, and it sounds yes. like an edit. So there's moments where we'll be like, ha 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 ha. So anyway, blah 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 blah. That's what happened in the room. There's no edit there, but because we're podcasters, that's what we did because we know the show must go on, that kind of thing. And I'm way off topic here. No, it's part of the question. People want to know. Yeah. And I think I've encountered, I've been, because I'm such a podcast nerd, another question we'll get onto in a bit as well. When I'm listening to a podcast, because I've been editing podcasts for like 10 years now, I'm so aware of editing techniques and I've been put off certain podcasts because they're over-edited. If you hear yes. hosts and guests like basically almost talking over each other and there's no gaps between those sentences where one person starts talking and then the other person starts talking. no time the to the think the over what they just said. Yeah, yeah, there's no way you've thought of a response to that sentence by the time you've replied. Yeah. I've literally been like,
2: I can't listen to this.
0: I know that's a real fucking nerdy audio no, no, file. No, no, like no, that's bullshit. the same. I, like... I
2: notice editing in podcasts more now having done editing. yeah. So, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. yeah certain, <laughs> certain yeah. authors
1: can't read books certain chefs can't eat in restaurants you just yep. sometimes you're like nope yep. can't
0: do it yeah it's it's almost like a seeing the matrix kind of thing right because yeah i was talking to people at work about this the other day i forget and i know i think we talked about this on the show on the musical episode as well i forget i know music oh yeah so when i'm listening to a song my brain goes oh that's in the key of g oh it's probably these four chords And then that probably means that the chorus chorus is going to do this thing and move from those chords to these chords. Whereas you're not musically trained at all, Tim, and you have
2: there are times I don't even know what instrument I'm listening (laughs) to. I'm just like (laughs) I like the noise it makes. (laughs) Yeah, and and I
0: felt the same way about that before we kind of we talked about our critical brains being switched on and all that kind of stuff when it comes to films, like not knowing that film editing is such a key part of the filmmaking process or whatever, and then being oh, this is a badly edited film. Holy shit. I've had conversations, again, friends and family members mm-hmm. and people at work and stuff and being like, so Bohemian Rhapsody's bad, right? And they're like, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm like, but there's that scene where it just edits and it just cuts from one band member <laughs> to another for like 10 seconds. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> I couldn't unsee <laughs> it. I did not see spo- it. That yeah. spoiled the next 90 minutes for me. Yeah, but the live A bits go around. I'm like, Sure, but I hated the 80 minutes leading up to Live 8. So, uh, how do you not see this? I kind of forget because it's just it's just a matter of practice and education, exposure and experience. Exactly. It's not like a coming from a like a position of privilege necessarily, but it's like a an idea of like, oh yeah, I I," and then I do have total ignorance on some things. I have no idea how to make a video game, for example. Oh yeah, I don't know how to map fucking texture maps and stuff. I'm like, I love video games. I vaguely understand how you like write a script for them and stuff because I've written scripts and done yeah, voice yeah, acting yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But like, how to program something in Unity? Don't, <laughs> don't know where to start, mate. I couldn't mm. make a fucking cube. I have no idea. <laughs> and I, I, I like going into that sort of stuff. And there's certain things where I like not knowing, if that makes sense. There are certain songs I refuse to learn to play on guitar because it would ruin the magic for me. I get that entirely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I definitely do. <laughs> and there are certain podcasts where I'm like, Oh, I've never heard somebody do that. For they've done sound effects in a different way, or there's a particular pace of their editing mm-hmm. that is really interesting. I'm like, mm, mm, I get this. Yeah, mm, I appreciate that. Yeah, delicious editing, well done, podcast producer person. <laughs> and then sometimes massive fucking podcasts come out. and I'm like, you've got echo. Sort out your fucking echo. <laughs> get up on your mic, host who is apparently famous millionaire podcast host person, naming yeah. no names. You know who you are. And it's like, you know, we, we put all this time and effort into our fucking podcasts. I said, we were bad when we started off and we've gotten much better over the last five years. But there are a lot of people who just like, you just need to stick a thing in front of your face for a podcast, it'll be fine. I'm like There's a lot more to make in a podcast than that.
1: Like any industry, like anything, like any passion, like any pursuit. It looks like it's it's the iceberg thing. It looks on the surface yes, like it's just perfect. like oh well, perfect. this is all the finished product. It's like well, here's all the shit that went into making that a thing. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, I scrolled past a picture I really liked on Instagram the other day, gave it a like, and moved on. It's like that person took
2: ten hours to fucking draw that.
1: <laughs> it's like eh. yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think I, I think it's
2: fair for podcast. In short, we all edit the podcast. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> this week we are sponsored, as with so many weeks, by the lovely people at Audible. Host of thousands upon thousands of hours of audio content, be it books, podcasts, guided meditations, fitness guidance stuff. There is something for everyone on Audible, just a vast library of content for you to treat your ears to. Uh, we like to throw a little recommendation to people when oh. uh, when we're advertising for Audible. And this week, it seemed appropriate given that we are doing questions and answers, to recommend Q&A, oh. which some people might know better as Slumdog Millionaire. Uh-huh. Yes. I,
0: I straight up didn't know that's what the book that Slumdog Millionaire was based on was called.
2: I'd imagine there's lots of people who didn't even know it was yeah. based on a yeah. book.
0: That's very true, yeah. yeah. But it
2: is. It is based on the book Q&A by Vikas Swarup, who mm-hmm. apparently is also a, was a member of the Indian Parliament and a minister yeah. for yeah. state and stuff, so didn't know that. Um, That's question number one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, About £200. (laughs) There is a very good uh, Radio 4. Uh, You know it's good when it's a BBC radio production. Uh, Full cast dramatisation. Available. I like it when they do those. uh, On audible.com that you could listen to. You might be asking, well, how can I listen to it? We're going to treat you to a free book as well as a free month's membership to Audible all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com/sequel tell them that the boys at sequelizer sent you and you can sign up and get a free month's membership and a free audiobook of your choice could be Q&A could be something else depending on what you're in the mood for but you'll get it free of charge thanks to us and uh, and even if you cancel your trial you can actually keep that book but you shouldn't cancel forever you yeah. shouldn't cancel because it's a huge it's like the library of alexander but with audio content. And you can even listen to sequelizers through it. You can. Mm. We're on there. My yeah. God, if that's not enough to sell you
1: what is. Exactly. Free audiobook
0: and more of us. Well, same amount of us. <laughs> go, go, go and check it out. Another avenue to listen to us. Exactly. Listen to us twice on multiple apps. Exactly. Use them at the same time. I don't think you can do that most of the Enjoy Audible, folks.
2: Enjoy it's Audible. Great. It's a great service. Enjoy, enjoy a free book on us.
0: This week's episode is sponsored by Jackass Forever. You can bring home Jackass Forever today on digital. Johnny Knoxville and the gang are back with new friends and celebrity guest stars for the most hilarious, outrageous pranks and dangerous stunts ever. Grab your friends and get ready to laugh until it hurts. Don't miss a moment of the action and keep the good times rolling with bonus never-before-seen stunts included when you buy on digital. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. And thanks to Jackass Forever's support of Sequelizers, we are giving away a copy of Jackass Forever Digital. You have follow us on social media, you can enter on Twitter and win yourself a copy of the brand new Jackass Forever. That's at Sequelizers on Twitter. And basically just reply to the post, let us know your favourite new member of the Jackass crew and you can win yourself a copy of Jackass Forever Digital. Thanks to our friends at Paramount Pictures and Jackass Forever. Coming in with a question. From Ramps. Coming at number five on this weekend's call is. (laughs) In at number 10. Dated (laughs) reference. (laughs) Like half the listeners, like, have no idea what you're talking about. Half the British listeners who might know don't know. Half the listeners weren't born when that show went off the air. Yeah. Anyway. Did any of you invest in an HD DVD player? hd dvd discs during the format war with blu-ray also
2: was, did any of you have a preference between the two i was really worried that that was going to be a crypto question in yeah. the first few words <laughs> yeah. Yeah. did you invest in words, my latest crypto, crypto <laughs> sequel coin or whatever the fuck it would be called uh, uh, I, sh- I shall start i'm gonna just bar- barge in there did do? Uh, i did not i'm generally like a generation behind with technology for the most <laughs> part Especially when it comes to consoles and stuff. But uh yeah, I didn't have a Blu-ray player. Uh I've never had a dedicated Blu-ray player or an HD DVD player. Until very recently, right? Well I I don't have a dedicated one no. now. I I have a console that can play yeah. them. Um
0: bear mm-hmm. in mind consoles since the PlayStation 3 have been able to play Blu-rays too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. consoles have uh, been able to play Blu rays for like fifteen years nearly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember when HD, DVD and Blu-ray were coming out. It was coming out. They were uh when I was in college, sixth form. So the end of high school for American. It, it was the other... PS3 versus Xbox
0: 360 era. Yes. Yeah. 2006. Yes.
2: Um, And I can remember having a conversation with my media studies uh teacher about how porn had basically decided. that it is. VHS yep. was going to yep. win between VHS and Betamax. Yeah. And how there was there was lots of porn money being thrown at both Blu-ray and HD DVD like, mm-hmm. quite early on. And then they realized, hey, the internet is a thing at this time as well. And yeah. actually, that's a lot easier. For all that discussion of porn, uh, I never owned <laughs> an <laughs> HD DVD. I never watched porn again. A Blu-ray player. A while back, I was living with someone who had a PlayStation 3. And so I bought some Blu-rays then. Then I moved out. I didn't have a Blu-ray player for like <laughs> five years. Uh, And then I recently got an Xbox One. Yeah, that's the not the most previous generation. That's the previous generation. So now I can play my Blu-rays again. Um, But I've never had a dedicated player. Um, And by the time I was buying them, HD DVD was already dead.
0: Nice. I'm a PlayStation guy, so I went straight to Blu-rays and never looked back. I got Blu-rays with my PlayStation Three. I've never bought an HD DVD in my life because I never needed to because that's what Xbox had. And I never earned. I've never owned an Xbox. That pretty much sums it up. It won the war for me because I was a Sony gamer at the time and still am. Mm. Um, I can well. imagine you've got some some weird, like, oh, I bought a few HD DVDs. No, no, no. no. My like story's or... a little more <laughs> complicated, but of I'll keep it, it brief.
1: Um, I was going to sit it out and wait and see. And it was only 2006, 2008. This whole thing went on. It was a mm. flash in the pan like, and it was decided very quickly. Mm. And the thing that decided really was the PlayStation because the PlayStation 3 had one installed. The Xbox 360 did not have one installed. You had to buy a separate player to bolt onto the side mm-hmm. of it. And it was like, that is a death sentence right there. Fuck your whole thing. It was yeah. just a sheep or whoever the hell was doing it. I thought I would going Blu ray eventually anyway, but sort of see which would win. And Blu ray seemed the logical choice because I think it was, I don't know if it was a better specs on, but it felt like it was a better specs. It is, yeah. Anyway, well, I preferred the name HD DVD, to be fair.
2: I can remember, in my not at all technically minded opinion at the time, thinking that HD DVD would win. Because it did what it said on the tin. Yes. Whereas Blu-ray is like, what does that even fucking mean? Precisely. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: it Didn't. But the reason I didn't invest initially is because I was going to be moving to America. Um, around well, not around that time, but that was building up to me potentially moving over there. Um, and I didn't. I was gonna have to figure out how to get my books over there and my fucking DVDs or whatever I wanted to bring mm. with me at the time. I was like, oh my god, I didn't want to have to start. I thought, well, if I'm going over there anyway. There's no point in buying a bunch of Region B, whatever there might be at that point, because I could add a like, Region Free Blu-ray uh, DVDs and things. like that, and I had a way to play that quite easily. But a Blu-ray thing seemed like a much more complicated new technology. Like, mm. I'll wait until I move over there. Uh, didn't work out. Um, and when it didn't work out, first thing I did was bought a fucking Blu-ray. Player. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that was my sort of consolation. I'm not moving to America moment. I'm, and my, my relationship breaking up I was like, fuck this noise. Time to get me a fuck ton of films. With my DVDs, and I did. So no, I never, I never fuck with no HD DVDs. Mm. And I would see them in things like CEX and other secondhand places. Mm. I'm like, who the fuck is buying these things? Yeah, we like, check yeah. like it
0: for nine pound. Fuck no, are I you mad? The, I remember the UMDs that came with the PSP. Oh, oh, man, yeah, yeah, those yeah, little disc things, and yeah, that was stupid. Never used, out, stupid never used outside it. of a PSP. Is fucking that is fucking stupid to be fair. Mm. That was a bit. Watch weird. your film on UMD.
2: You said no one ever. Yeah, oh, right. Thanks so much. Just what I wanted to say. It was that interesting period of time when there were lots of new formats because it, w- like, streaming video just wasn't up to Pat at that point. Yes. And then it would very quickly, they would kind of all become irrelevant because now we just no, download no. or stream stuff.
0: 4K streaming and well, stuff. Definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, so so 4K DVDs,
1: what well, we we'll call them now, 4K Blu rays, they're. Um, Ultra HD, whatever oh, the fuck, fuck, it's, fuck called. it's called. Mm. Nonsense. That's should be the replace like, like oh it's now been mm. replaced 15 years for this blu-ray being around it should be now a defunct medium in theory mm. but because streaming exists in a way that's actually just as restrictive sometimes because mm. you end up doing what we have the, like the samurai episode it's like i want to watch this movie do you own it no i can't i don't own mm. it but it's like well then you're not gonna fucking see it yeah it's like oh is it not anything it's, it's on nothing motherfucker it's like yeah oh because no one thinks it's a viable thing to mm. hold for whatever, because it's niche or whatever. Mm. So the, the the Blu-ray market is still going, and it's going kind of strong for the for the niche people. itself it's yeah. Like that, Vinyl there's no stuff.
2: there's no economic reason not to, to really, yeah. come up with a new format now. No, no, precisely because not enough people would be interested.
1: Yeah, some people are still like, I would buy a DVD over Blu-ray. Why would I bother? Um. So even Blu-ray is like,
0: eh, it's a push sometimes. But anyway, that's that. Next question. Yes, from Matt Nelson who shows up on the Discord a lot, has done a few of the emojis and stuff for our Discord. Matt's question is, any chance of a Kaiju films inter-season episode? I seem to recall you guys did a movie, Mobsters one. There's lots of Kaiju cinema to discuss, even if we move Godzilla, Gamera and Kong franchises for the list of films to discuss. Even outside, we've already touched on a couple of those franchises. Yeah. Through inter-season means, and maybe we'll be returning to some of them in upcoming episodes as well. Yeah, Ye. that's a season. That's a season ten teaser there for you. You, you sexy little listeners. But yes, in in short, yes, pretty much. There's lots of kaiju films to talk about. Mm. In the same way that we've done the Bond stuff and kind of done mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. eras and covered all that stuff, we could do entire episodes on eras of Godzilla, let alone eras of entire kaiju films and stuff. So yeah, yeah, probably. Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure, it's I a, want that again. It's Obviously, a, Matt wants
2: that. Yeah, that's redundant. Uh, it's an area where I there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. But you I mean, and the rest of the world that, that isn't Matt.
0: Matt's got. I'm looking at two Gamma box sets in front of me yeah, right now.
2: But yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, obviously we would we would definitely cover that at some point. When who knows? Exactly.
0: If, if you've ever used the Godzilla, uh, the legally distinct from Godzilla emoji on our Discord, that was drawn by the man who asked this question, Matt Nelson. So going back, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. We have a little mech versus kaiju emoji battle. Nice. Kind of a Gundam, legally distinct Gundam and a legally distinct Gojira. (laughs) Uh, Next question comes from one of the EPs, Mr. Hyper Dude Man. How long do you see sequelizers continuing for? (sighs) A long time. There's a lot of bad sequels out there. Yeah. Originally, we talked about it when we talked about it earlier with the original premise of the show being the bad sequels to good movies. That's a much shorter lifespan because as we've discovered, not that many bad sequels follow good movies specifically. Mm. But now we've got bad sequels sorted. The world is our fucking oyster and we could go on for a long time. The it's... master list is still pretty fucking long. Yeah. So,
1: it's just practicality stuff, isn't it? Yeah. If, unless there's a huge major life event that genuinely stops us from doing something. Or, or, I mean, the classic response for all things in life. Until it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Until I want to literally fucking curb stomp these two to death.
0: And that hasn't happened yet. Give it a couple of weeks. Just a couple of weeks more. That's all I need. Start of season 10, you'll be curb stomping everyone in sight. <laughs> knowing you. So, yeah, that's fair. Tim, do you agree?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think until life intervenes. life Until uh, life finds a way away. to stop us. <laughs> yeah. Next,
0: coming from the one and only Stuart Main, Tron Legacy's number one fan, a.k.a. Arkham on the Discord. Now we're seeing guests in the live streams. Will there be guests in either the main series
2: all the interseason episodes. I'm curious to see what the response here is. I don't know what my answer is. I would say it's much more likely in the interseason. I think we're Agreed. definitely open to that. I think, as we mentioned earlier, scheduling and stuff like that is the main yep. problem. Yes. Um, and especially given how we record now, it would require someone to come to Matt's house. You and know, we could,
0: new, we could meet on neutral ground, but that's a whole thing. And yeah, then my yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah. we could
2: do a one-off. You know, Zoom episode. uh, You know, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, doing it remotely would be easier for them probably. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having someone guest for a actual season episode would be a lot harder because just because of the nature of our format, like it would either be write the pitch and then it's us tearing their work apart at the end. Nothing like being a guest and we're saying, "Yeah, good
1: work," it was shit.
2: Yeah. Uh, or they don't write it and then they have to sit and read out someone else's work for ages. Or yeah, I think. It's it's tricky to fit someone into that format um if they're just showing up for one episode.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think it's an interesting thing because guesting on podcasts and having people guest on your podcast is such a key part of networking and expanding your reach and expanding your audience and stuff. We've had so many crossovers with people like Modern Escapism and Unequal Sequel, and more recently, Fundamentals with Harley and stuff. Great to work with those people. Absolutely love them. I have all, was already a, re- a listener or I'm am now a listener of their podcast in general because they're good people and they make good content. But yeah, it's a really tricky thing to bring someone on. Behind the scenes here, way back in the day, the closest we've ever had to having a special guest on was Paul Gannon from The Cheap Show slash Bartians, many other things, but that's probably where you know him from. Uh, friend of Stuart Ashens. I know you know Paul as well, Matt. I do. Um, and of course, those of you who know Paul know he's a massive Ghostbusters fan. Like a massive fucking Ghostbusters fan. The plan originally was to have him come on for the Ghostbusters episode and like be the judge and basically replace me as the host. Yeah. And that whole thing. Paul doesn't live in Norwich. So it's a whole house. I think he lives near Cambridge or that area part of the world. It depends. Near London, whatever. Yeah, like, depends when we, Yeah, we when were, we're going like, to meet in London and try and work out a thing. And I'd gone back and forth with Paul. I've never met Paul, but I was trying to organize it way back in the day. Yeah, It started off in all places in SoundCloud DMs because that's, <laughs> that's a thing in 2014 or whatever. No, 2019, whatever it was. And yeah, we were talking about it and we thought like, ah, do we want to, like you said, bring him on as he does a pitch and we tear him apart or he is on as a guest host and basically replaces me or like he cut him and Eli from cheap show come on as like a third team and come on with another pitch or some some we were trying to work out one some weird format and then it'd be an extra component to a show that already had a lot of components yeah yeah definitely i think in season is much more likely as you said tim much easier There are quite a few local people I think we could work with. There are Norwich creators and Norwich podcasters and stuff. A couple of them we have already contacted to work with in the future for potential live streams and stuff. So yeah, from a purely like selfish marketing mind perspective, yes, I would love to have guests on all the time and just invite massive creators to bring their millions of fans Mm -hmm. to come. and (laughs) Hey, come and listen to Signalizers and, you know, to, to bring their kind of influence and encourage more people to listen to show and all that kind of stuff. But realistically, it's a massive logistical pain in the arse. And yeah. Before
1: the pandemic, we were talking about, actually, we've scheduled two guests for inter-season discussions.
0: Um, One of them was John Scarrett. John Scarrett, yeah. Who eventually joined us on a live stream.
1: That's the thing. Because of the pandemic, the live streams became a more practical, feasible thing to do. It connects with people across the country and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously Mm. different countries as well. And we could do it that way. It's just easier and more practical. And I think the answer is, I was going to say this I thing with you, Tim. Regular season, no. Frankly, if I'm honest, just no. Yeah, too much of a logistical nightmare. In uh, season, hopefully, but I don't know because I think the in, the 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 live stream is such a perfect platform for it mm. because we get to talk about something that they've chosen, i.e., a director. It's unique to that platform, and we get a discussion about them, what they like, this thing. The the format of the 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 seeded. If you haven't seen one of the live streams before. Take a director, and we whittle down their best film by a process. Yeah, if you haven't, go and
0: check them out. They're great. Mm, they're great, and that's basically thing. another episode of Sequel Effectively, really is. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Do you want to know what we think about all the Del Toro films? Right there.
0: Denis Nerve, Spielberg, mm. Martin Scorsese, all these amazing, incredible, yeah. you know, all-time great directors. And some other ones as well. And Kevin Smith. Also, Kevin Smith, <laughs> who has a 93% uh, return on according to audience score. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> but that's the point. It's, it's just that is the best format for that at present. And hopefully, yeah, we'll get a chance to. But um, even if we had like a neutral ground sort of filming uh, or, or audio location, even then scheduling, meh. we'll see. Yeah. We'll
0: see. Pretty, we'll much, see. pretty yeah. much. Next question from Arkham, AKA Stuart Have you ever considered doing a season entirely? of sequels we'd like to see episodes as maybe like a shorter season or even like a full 12 just something a bit different no
2: i i don't think it's a terrible idea i think it i didn't say that i just said no
0: <laughs> have we ever considered it not especially but yeah i agree with you tim that yeah why not we could do certainly mm. we've I think... done we've done one only done one season of prequelizers again many moons ago in season what, what would be season six is, is oh, season yeah, one yeah. of prequalizers, i guess however you want to word that in some weird does that count as a season of sequelizers it does but we eventually will come back to prequelizers probably mm. at some point i hinted at the hobbit stuff earlier there's star wars prequels we need to talk about at some yeah. point like
2: we have we we have some still on the list of bad prequels precisely. exactly yeah they keep making the fuckers. I think there's
0: plenty of sequels we'd like to see as well we've got again mm. we've got a list of those that we work through and be like okay We've already done Dread. We've already done Hellboy. We've already done mm. this. We've done Constantine. What's next? Like, what's next on the list for what we're going to do this interseason and kind of pick it from the list? So, yeah, in theory, we could do Absolutely. And I'm, it's not out of the question that we could maybe do like a three part special like we did with the yeah. MCU stuff. We could do a three part special at the beginning of an interseason and have three mm. sequels we'd like to see or something like that. I yeah. see you. the wording out. It was a whole
1: interseason, i.e., 10 of them. I'm like that in a
0: row. As is maybe a, lot. a shorter season or even the full 12 to quote Stuart's question, yeah. so you could, we could do half yeah, yeah, or yeah. a few or whatever.
2: Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll make that a new stretch goal, if people are really mm-hmm. interested in seeing yeah, it. Yeah, good point, good point. I also think it would be, we have a list, as we said, sequels that we've all agreed on, where it's like, oh yeah, we'd love to see a sequel to that. We'd each probably be able to come up with an idea for it. I think if we were to do a whole season, it would be interesting to say, we can't touch that list. Each person has to come up with things that Ooh. only they think they would like to yeah, see interesting, to. and
0: I think if we're doing it the front of phrase the longer format, it would have to be closer to the proper season mm. where you're along the right lines. There, I think. I think Tim, again, we're just we haven't discussed this beforehand. Listen, mm. this is live workshopping My God. On, on air, and uh, it would be more like a proper season episode where one of us would pitch one thing, yeah, and then we would discuss it. Not a I've got a Hellboy two, you've got a Hellboy two, and you've got a Hellboy two. Check under your seats. Everybody's got a Hellboy 2. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, o- Oprah Perlman. Uh, <laughs> Oprah, Oprah Del Toro. O- Oprah Del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> or Guillermo, yeah. Win- Guillermo, we in free. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Brilliant. Uh, that's a mashup. I don't need to see. Um. But yeah, I think it would be it would hew closer towards the main season stuff. Where it would be one of us doing one pitch and yeah. discussing it. And I think that's a cool idea to maybe do something where. Mm. This is a sequel Jack would like to see. This episode is a sequel Tim would like mm. to see. This is episode is a sequel Matt would like to see. Mm. No, I like we, that. Maybe we don't even necessarily agree with each other. Yes. Bring I think some this, interesting there would be some fun there. to be
2: like from that. Like, no, no this does no. deserve a sequel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it definitely doesn't deserve a sequel. You fucking... the first one wasn't even good. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can picture it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rates itself. No, I think I, I'm yeah, unfortunately I'm, not. I'm, literally, I'm,
1: I think that's quite solid. I will say now, just for the record, so it's re- so it's recorded and it's down. If and when this happens. And suddenly it dawns on you guys like, wait, wait, wait. How many pitches do we have to write now? I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. You took a break from oh, writing yeah. pitches for
0: more pitch writing. And I was like, oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. That's all i say. Well, we <laughs> could do it instead of a main season. Do a whole season of sequels. We'd like yeah. To yeah, that's an option. Who knows? I don't know. Okay, I Very get nice. it. I get it. What's ne- next? next question. Let's go over to, speaking of podcasting, I went on a bit of a rant earlier on in the show. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting a podcast in
2: 2022? Fucking hell. Care about your equipment. 100%. Realize what a commitment is going to be. Yeah. 100%. Agree. Uh, try and have a schedule that you stick to. And if you don't think you can stick to a schedule, then you probably shouldn't be doing a podcast.
0: I agree with you. I think I think that's, nailed it. I think you pretty much nailed the key elements there, Tim. Consistency. We don't talk about the dark times. Consistency is key for a podcast. to Continue growing, to continue maintaining any sort of momentum. We don't talk about the dark times, And then... Having that if you're not a topical podcast. Well, I mean that
2: it's it's a lesson we learned by doing it wrong. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we paid for it. Mm. Um <laughs> quite
0: literally. And <laughs> we having that now we're doing like weekly episodes and stuff, having that planned out. If you're not doing topical stuff, so you know, week to week literal recordings and stuff, like we do with sumo and we do with Search for Candor and stuff. Sure, sure. Sumo drop has to be scheduled like that. Search for Canda has to be scheduled like that. If you're doing something more like what we do at Sequelizers, if you can, my advice would be to have three or four episodes banked before you go live Bank with your shit. first episode. You give yourself that breathing room and you know you've got content. So if suddenly it does go viral and you, you're you number one on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, first of all, lucky you. But like <laughs> have something ready to go and extra content. is Some people even do the first three episodes launch as like a three-part pilot. And they mm. they have the first five recorded or something mm. like that. So you've got a bank there, and you've also got like a stack of content. So you get enough of a scope of what the show is going to be like and that kind of thing. That's an option. Touching on equipment there, Tim. I want to expand on that a little bit. Get yourself a decent USB microphone. You don't need to go all the way. We're now talking into Shure SM7Bs, which are like three hundred pounds each. Between that and our interface, there's like twelve hundred quid's worth of stuff here. That we're talking, not ignoring the fact that Max Matt's got a basically brand new Mac there. That's a yeah, another two grand or whatever the fuck that is. Some serious piece of kit there. You can do it with a USB microphone and a laptop, just just with some careful mic technique. Like we're talking pretty close to the mic. Typically, you want to be sort of within a fist's distance of your microphone. Typically, Matt gave me the eyebrows there. Shoe bun, yeah. And just being aware of where your mic is at all times. Because enough people you will start talking and then I'll go off to the side and then, oh, you can't really hear them properly. And then they come back around and, oh, that's a sudden shift in audio quality. Even with cheap microphones, you can get, I mean, Tim and I have used 20-pound USB Mm. microphones previously. When we started first doing the remote recording stuff. We didn't have these really nice mics, so we were recording in these little USB things. We started off the very first few seasons, one mic between the four of us, five of us. (laughs) That was ridiculous. Fucking stupid idea. In an echoey room. (laughs) If you have multiple people, you need multiple microphones. Even if they're cheap, it's better than one microphone between a big group of you. If you're in the same room, you need individual microphones for each person. That gets way more complicated because then you need what we have, which is an interface with XLR connections and this whole thing. Yeah, It's very, very difficult to get a USB microphone to connect multiple USB microphones to one laptop or one interface or whatever. Yeah. So if you're recording remotely, like our friends at Modern Escapism do, like our friends at Fundamentals do, like pretty much Unequal Sequel do as well, like all the people we collaborated with are pretty much remote. And even M over at Verbal Diorama as well, when she has guests on, yes. it's all remotely done. If you have a USB mic and you can just record straight into that, And your guest or your co-host can also record separate tracks, put them all together. Use something like Audacity, which is a free Hmm. editing tool that has gotten really, really good over the last few years. I stopped using it. I know when we kind of transitioned and we all started editing, Matt had used Adobe Audition before, which I highly recommend, but it's fucking expensive. So yeah, Yeah. there's
2: also never a good reason not to pirate adobe software <laughs> uh, fuck adobe yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there, there are as well as audacity which is really good for free software there's plenty of other f- free versions of like edition and stuff yeah, like because... that yeah yeah
0: one thing i really recommend uh is a software called descript or descript i don't know how you want to pronounce that where it also does like transcriptions for your podcast if that's something you're looking for it's will let you edit it as if you're editing a Word doc. So it basically like transcribes it as best as it can. And if you're not accustomed to audio editing at all, but you know how to edit text, you can just delete lines, delete bits, and it will basically edit it for you. It's magical. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's not as like high-tech and sexy as something like Audition, mm. but if you're going on the ground up and you have no experience... I know, for example, M from Verbal Diorama uses Descript to edit her podcast all the time. Mm. And it even has a thing called Studio Sound, which I have used for guests on Search with Canda and previous things as well, where it will take somebody with a shitty microphone if they're just talking into their AirPods or into their mm. laptop mic or whatever it is and make it sound like they're really close and in a studio <laughs> and up against the mic. And in you've that, got this really NPR. nice... You've got that NPR. <laughs> you've got that proximity effect as if they're close in the studio. it's called studio sound for a reason and you can actually tweak that because it can go a bit too far and sound a bit robotic you can dial it in real nicely to get a balance between like their natural tone and this studio sound as well so there's there's loads of stuff in there that we can recommend and you know ask us on social media and we'll basically give you a list of stuff to go Mm. and have a look
2: at i would say also even if you can't afford a like a fancy mic to start with buy a pop shield because even that will just improve they're quite cheap and they and they're relatively cheap um we bought our
0: original pop shields on ebay for like 3.99 each or yeah. something like that. yeah we still have them now we don't we're not using them currently cuz these have built-in pop shields and I stuff do. but
1: on similar drop there you go yeah cuz obviously we want to make sure the mics are the same thing so we use the old Behringer setup from the old equaliser thing cuz it's like yeah also oh, cuz the BBG wrestling channel is used to interviewing pro wrestlers who are not going to have a good fucking setup. Yeah. So <laughs> with a, the most fresh thing on that fucking channel. But that's the kind of the point. It's like, this, this is good. And the pop's still using it. It's still great. I yeah. would say, and a bit to just jump on everything because that's all completely valid and legit, is if you're going to do it, fucking commit. Like, yep. Go balls to the wall. If, you, if you're thinking of like starting a band or having a baby, getting into a whole different job, that changes your entire life. If it's just a hobby you want to just like have a bit of fun with, great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. No shame. That's that's cool. Enjoy that. But if you want to actually have people listen to it or want to grow with it and want it to actually be, you know, out there and people interact with stuff. Yeah, you have to really have a schedule and keep up with things. Because I mean, obviously we've been in this for a while. Had a good launch pad to start with, et cetera, et cetera. Got very lucky. That's big luck. Is a big part of it. But it's a question like advice for people starting out on podcasting was the wording and things. It's like, what do you want from it? If you want to just hang out with your mm-hmm. friends and talk about stuff, some of that doesn't matter necessarily just get mm. it, like have it sounding reasonably decent talk about it a lot get it online great job done you've yeah. done you've done more than most people have fantastic
0: if you want people to listen to it and feedback and and you know have a start conversations or build to a, like monetization like we have with is. ads and patreon and all that kind of stuff yeah. and you actually want to not necessarily make money for it because like i said to clarify we don't make money from this show no we put it all back into the merch and the web hosting and paying john and paying the people we work mm. with so make sure that you know yeah the, the printing companies we work with are hmm. ethical printing companies. We're not yes. just yes. getting it on fucking
2: printed.com for
0: yeah. <laughs> 10p a shirt or whatever the fuck. We put, we we put go the to graphic
2: them. up on Twitter, and then uh, no, and someone with a different account says, I'd love to see this on a t-shirt, and exactly. then we use that link that uh, the, the robot makes for us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh,
0: one thing I will briefly touch on is use spreadsheets and show notes and stuff. If you're building a schedule, yes. actually have yes. a written schedule out. Whether you're doing that on paper, we find it's easier to like Google Sheets and stuff because Mm. it's a collaborative document. You can all work together. Our show notes are all in Google Docs. Again, it's a collaborative document. So you can see, oh, Jack's got this pick. Matt's got this pick. Tim's got this pick. All the pictures are Google Docs. All the pictures are Google Docs. Everything is Google Docs because we can all sit here. We basically, our setup is the three of us are on three different chairs and we have our phones in front of us and we read off of our phones because we can access the Google Docs on our phones. And read the pitch or read the questions as we're doing now and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Have that kind of thing and build show notes, whether that is bullet points for you as a host or whether that's a, a guide for your guests. I know Harley from Fundamentals has a fantastic guest guide basically of like, yeah. make sure you're recording to this thing. Please, if you're going to record this, do it in this format. I advise you do this, this, and this. If you need any show notes, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Please don't say fuck or shit. Please don't say fuck <laughs> or the C word or anything like that. Harley doesn't swear on his podcast. And he was very quick to clarify that when he came on my live stream because I, I had the little like audio set up with him before we went live yes. with him. I was like, Hey, Harley, you can say whatever the fuck you like. I mean, you've heard the show before, so <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want, basically. So, mm. um, but yeah, having clear idea of like some sort of structure, like it literally just be bullet points. That's pretty much what Mark and I do for Search with Canda, for example. We say we've got three topics, we've got like a few bullet points for each topic, and Mark will intro this one, Jack will intro this one, Mark will intro that one. Jack does the intro, Mark does the outro, that's it. And it's like a nice thing of know who's going to be saying what and when very, very roughly and then let the conversation flow from there pretty much. Boom. Next up we have a question from the aforementioned Josh Miles aka Shed on Discord. Mm. Ready for eternal shift lessons? I hope you... Which cryptid would make the best lover? Uh. If you're wondering what a cryptid is, it's one of those like Mythological creatures from like crypto. It's a Sasquatch and a Mothman and all that mm. kind of stuff. Uh, I think the objective answer is a Chupacabra because it's a sucker.
3: Yeah, wrong, um,
0: oh. false and wrong. Uh, Do you would... want to be coddled by a Sasquatch? Tim,
2: Ch- chupacabra's lizardy and is so, yeah, yeah, scaly, isn't it? Scaly. Mm. Uh, Mothman because he can predict the future and, and so he anticipates your needs as a lover. Uh, I don't like moth
1: though. Elvitrish. What? Uh, it's a sort of.
2: German chicken with tits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, Matthew. I hate you so much. (laughs) I like the idea that you just don't explain that. No, I done. That's that's what I I,
1: wanted. But to be fair, the wording "best
2: lover" is like mm, tricky. Um, Good fuck. Okay, Elvitrish. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the fuck, marry, kill a fuck Uh, rather than a marry. Yes, marry Mothman. Fuck Elvitrish. Kill Kill the rest of them.
0: Extinctify the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> Eat this another another Devil bastard. Yeah, another tonal shift from Josh here. What's your go-to snack and drink at the cinema?
1: I said this to my wife, and she said, "You can't say that. You'll sound like a fucking psycho."
0: Yeah, that sounds like Matthew. Yeah, we're ready, Matthew. I said, and this was the base of what I wrote down. I, she said, I "That doesn't, doesn't make any sense."
1: I hate this already. I said, "A bottle of water Uh-oh. and a hundred grams of chocolate bar." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are a psychopath, Matthew. Said, what do you mean, a fucking hundred
1: grams of chocolate bars? Like you know, like. A Dairy Milk or a, a Cadbury's caramel sort of thing, but they come in like a hundred, specifically the hundred grams one. That one, and I hate you, man. fuck's sake, mate. So that is exactly what I'll have at the cinema. I hate you so much.
2: Uh, I go classic: a Coke and popcorn. Nice, sweet and salty mix. Oh, yeah. Sweet and salty is the way. Mm. If I go
0: popcorn, it's sweet and salty. Yeah, mix that's
2: sure. that's if I'm buying at the cinema. If I am mm. smuggling shit in. Uh, I will go with Dr. Pepper, which is my soda of choice, but he's rarely available. Tim
0: has a Dr. Pepper in front of him right now. Tim does. He's Uh, a DP man. And
2: and probably like a bag of minstrels. Minstrels
0: was my pick as well, Tim. Minstrels are delicious. Mm. Mm.
1: Uh, I once picked a minstrel shell out of my gum. It's slid up in the tooth, so I'm not always a fan Mm. of the minstrels. You've got to give them time to like... To soften can, up yeah,
0: a bit. Know, you can soften them up a bit. Matt.
1: I liked counters, which were just the the naked minstrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, that's I, just a...
2: That's just a galaxy button, basically. Yes. Yeah, kind of. But uh, no, this is a good chocolate.
0: They are quite delicious. So my pick, contrary to your 100 grams of chocolate, you absolute fucking grams weirdo. of chocolate bar. Mine would be one of the snack bags. So the minstrels, the Maltesers, the oh, the Aero Mint Balls, whatever the alleged the share bags. The, mu- the share munchies. Nobody. <laughs> the share bag that no one has ever shared in their entire life. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, a share bag that I've eaten myself in 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of them, and yeah, Coke as well. Coke Zero is your mm-hmm. preferred Coke, but
1: yeah, I remember the bad combo because I. Uh... <gasps> oh, oh. You ba- I hope you're about to say what I think you're about to say. Uh, what,
3: what? Archers and Coke. <laughs> oh, <okay. Yeah>. oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a, a callback. Archers and
1: Coke. Um. No. Uh. No. The bad combo. I um uh, committed the fatal sin of combining when I was I think maybe like ten or something, and watching. Mission Impossible One in the cinema. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of 10-year-old I was. And fucking loved Brian De Palma as a 10-year-old. <laughs> and basically, Matt would have done. I had a giant Coca-Cola and a big bag of Maltesers. And as I learned later in life with the people who wrote work in cinemas, never pick that combination. You will throw the fuck up. And it's like, really? And I, like, I've gone back and it's like sometimes. I've eaten like,
0: that combination quite a few times. Yeah, but the thing on. is
1: that because of the whole malt fizziness of the, of the Maltesers were and the Coke. It tends to be this not full of pop rocks nonsense, you're going to explode from the inside, but it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. Is it a
0: fizzy lifting drink? Is that what you're trying to say? Kind of. Yeah, have...
1: but it's more mm-hmm. the idea that uh, as once you feel a bit sick, stop for a while and you'll be fine. But as a little boy, I was kind of like, oh
2: no, something's wrong. Better take another drink. Yep. <laughs> I've never been a hot dog in the cinema person, and I kind of consider people who are. You, you made that sound Tim. much more dirty. Tim. <laughs> I used to have. Oh no. Why I'd call a rip-off combo. Matt is a sausage,
0: which fiend. was
1: a coconut hot dog. Literally disgusting. Yeah. I don't know why Copied I do it. I watched watch. Brokeback Mountain chaffing down a hot <laughs> dog. I bet you did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I believe they call that 40X. That's the immersive experience. <laughs> Your chair's shaking. There's hot dogs flying at you. Lindsay Ellis style. Just I like... remember thinking, this is so well acted. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh,
3: oh hot dog. So I can't quit you.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, I'm we were I'm just, hot we hot I'm we just fishing. don't about it.
1: <laughs> fishing for what? Hot dogs. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know why. I think I, I, but to be fair, I do know why. I fucking love sausages. Just, you love sausages, yeah. even if they're. Rancid. I've never
0: met a man who loves a sausage more than Matt Snodden. Hundred grams of chocolate. He bar just winks at you. List
2: <laughs> <laughs> hundred grams of chocolate. I'm, I'm perfectly happy like to eat it. a hot dog in other situations, yeah, but there's something one that's good and it's not been rolling around for in a, a while. tent
0: in rural Montana.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'll share a hot dog with with Jake Gyllenhaal and or Heath Ledger. Um, Rest in peace. I'll I'll eat both their hot dogs at the <laughs> oh, same time. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, right, right so, in the bun, Tim, right in the bun. The fact that it smells so much, and then you're just in the <laughs> cinema, and you've just got to kind of sit there in that stink cloud.
1: <laughs> I would say it's better than nachos in the cinema. Yeah, I've never, I've never
2: We've had nachos
0: a... beforehand. We and did. They yeah, do yeah. that at the like lounge bit of yeah. the Odeon or whatever. Fuckers
1: bringing nachos in, cr- crunching their waist from like the fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you guys heard of the pissy shitties? <laughs> Sounds like a great punk band from the eighties. I have their first EP, but I didn't really follow after that. (laughs) They Uh, just they sold out, man. Oh man,
2: yeah. Dare I ask what the pissy shitties are.
0: Well, I asked because both of you have spent time in America. It's an American thing. Okay. okay. It is a cinema snack combo. When you said I I have the dreaded combo, and my eyes
2: butter all over it, is it?
0: No, it's worse. Much, much worse. Yeah,
2: that's 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 some fucking lunacy. <laughs> Americans disgusting.
0: just squeezing that liquid oh, butter out. That, that's not butter. Whatever that is, it's yellow, like it's the purest yellow, like, yellow. Like, like the American cheese is not cheese. That yeah, is not pissy shitties is a slang term referring to a mixture of what and what. Have a little guess. Specifically, one thing poured onto another thing. First question: Are these things edible?
1: Yes. <laughs> Second so th- question. This is
0: a drink and a food combination. Oh, yeah. Second yeah. question.
1: Are they are they things you would usually acquire in a cinema? Yes,
0: very much so. Okay, I'm
1: going to say it's Mountain Dew <sighs> on a hot
3: dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ma- Mountain Dew. A
1: real Dew slippery, limey hot dog. hot dog. Mountain Dew on popcorn seems too obvious, but I'm going to say buttery popcorn.
2: Okay, Tim. Any ideas? I. Oh God. One one liquid, one solid, did we say? Uh, yes, correct. Oh, it's the name that's me off Pitcher,
1: Pitcher Shitties. Pissy
0: Shitties is brown and yellow. Makes me think, you know. A clue, I guess. Yeah. I discovered this a couple of weeks ago and it makes me deeply Banana uncomfortable. Banana milkshake on
2: <laughs> a tramp. <laughs> I'm trying to think what is worse, whether it's liquid base with then solid, like, thrown into it or a solid thing with liquid poured over it.
0: It's the solid thing with the liquid... So it's blank poured onto a blank. Okay. So it's liquid poured onto solid.
2: Tar poured onto mortar. I'm I'm gonna go with Pepsi poured onto buttery popcorn. You've nailed it, Tim. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, so,
0: so it's Americans pouring Pepsi into their theater popcorn things. Have some fucking class. The the popcorn because it gets hydrated by the Pepsi. Like shrivels up and goes all brown. Oh. And it looks horrible. Um, People tend to make... This is going to sound real weird. People make it in toilets. That's a thing. Go and Google Pity Shitties listeners. What? Um, The idea was first shared in a post in Tumblr in 2016. Oh, of course it uh-huh. fucking was. Claims <laughs> mixing popcorn and Pepsi is a common thing in the US, causing confusion for non-American users and inspiring various memes the following year. It is similar to other purposefully gross drinks like Sproke and <laughs> and pilk milk coke, yes, mm. sprite and coke mixed together, and Pepsi and milk mixed together. Mm. And yeah, it became a thing where a bunch of Americans or faux Americans online would be like, What you guys don't have pissy shitties <laughs> taking the piss? Yeah. and then it actually became a thing. Somebody tried it and was like, You know what? Yeah, well, it's not that bad. Yeah, and yeah, there's videos and gifs of people pouring Pepsi in, the, in their popcorn tubs. I mean, eat what you want to eat, and drink what you drink, me but you don't so have public much. in a cinema. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So not pissy shitties is the answer there. No, definitely not. In short. Next question. Move on to something completely different. Do you have a favourite part three of a trilogy?
1: Tricky thing to say here because technically my favourite part threes and trilogies all got fours and ruined it. Toy Story, for example. Toy Story, Born Ultimatum. Oh, yeah. Um, Another one came to mind and it completely sort of slipped me by. And I was like, these all technically count. They they're they're valid until um until they're suddenly not. I do have yeah. one. Though.
2: Yeah, I think my favorite part threes are all in series where I ignore anything that happens after the part three. Yeah. So Last Crusade, uh, and uh yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um my actual answer is Return of the King. Yeah. That
2: was my oh yeah, that's, that's, my, the, the, that's the obvious wrong. one yeah. is yeah, Return yeah, of the King. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Same. Yeah. Nice and easy. There yeah, you go. Moving on! <laughs> one from Colin Thompson, one of our EPs. Yep. With the recent habit of returning to franchises long after the original stopped, what films from the sequelizers canon that you've pitched a contemporary sequel would you pick to adapt your original pitch to for use as a modern sequel reboot type thing? Um,
2: I mean, I, mean, I, I hope you understood
0: I, that question. Listeners. It was a long one.
2: I, I already mentioned um, earlier in the episode, The Crow and the Highlander ones, I think there are, are various pitches for those were pretty yep yep pretty good. I also think Starship Troopers, mm. another one that
0: could use a reboot from just go for sequel from the first one. The one that always strikes in my mind of like the ones where we've taken an old film and one of us has done a modern sequel to it, and I went like, whoa, yeah, think Conan. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, I like yeah, that one pick. a lot. Yeah, uh, your Zululand pitch.
1: That was exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I, I, such know, it a went, cliche was answer, like but... blah blah
0: blah blah. Steve McQueen or yeah. like, sorry, woman <laughs> <Yeah>. Steve McQueen. <laughs> doing doing a, one more fucking doing time. A, doing a Zulu. Oh, hello. And taking it from Zulu dawn to Zulu land is like yeah. Mm, yes, please have a person of color tell that story. Mm. Yeah, a British in person the, of in the twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020, yeah br- even better, a British person of color yeah. tell that story in the twenty twenties. Yeah, I mean, I think you pitched it to come out. Last 2021. year. 2021. Just yeah. about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Once all this is blown over, it'll <laughs> in 2021, yeah. said Matthew in Safe 2020. Yeah. No, that that's
1: still my answer, by the way. Because I'm, mm. I'm, I'm it's one of those moments when you write a script, like, Oh, that's a good director, that's a good actor. I'm like, mm, I feel we need this. Mm. Like, I actually yeah. need this movie, all these jingoistic yeah. dickheads who don't who, who who remember Zulu, the movie, very differently from how it actually is. Yeah, when we're talking about it, like it's not as jingoistic as you think it would be. It's actually quite, mm. you know, d- different. And zulu dawn is bleh, 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 bleh. yeah but doing zulu, i think zulu yeah. dawn
0: does a, has held hold some responsibility for bringing that back into the linguistics yes. side of things because it's essentially being like see a lot of the brits weren't too bad after all you know like, mm-hmm. hold on a minute yeah, that wasn't yeah. the message of the first movie and yeah having steve mcqueen do it would just be so yeah interesting to toot my own horn what I quite liked my escape from New oh, York. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love <Escape. laughs> that shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. Yeah, my King Conan for me, Zululand for you, <laughs> Escape from New York for you. Yeah, we're sort Escape I, from I Liberty. Yes. Like, yes. yes,
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: Cool. Next question, we've got a few here from Rhino Man, as he's known on Twitter and Discord and sure. all kinds of places. Uh, first three questions What is your name? Matthew Stockton. What is your quest? Your mum. What is the capital? Of Assyria? Your mum. Ah.
1: Sorry, I don't, know. I,
2: it, I don't know. My quest is the problem. I think I think it's Nineveh. I'm yeah, sure.
1: maybe. TikTok, I've been doing a thing recently saying like like various capitals of the world and like hard edition.
2: So I've been mm. sort of going over those things. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not there anymore, obviously. Yeah. And I think it had several, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, is that your quest? No, my quest is to sequelize. Oh, ah. Tim.
0: You beautiful little bastard. It's a Monty Python reference, everybody. Yes. Uh, in all seriousness, and that is what Ronan Man wrote. Are there any video games that you'd want to have a movie which you have the perfect fan cast for? Oh, I realize this would be more of a Jack question because of his love of voice actors. So it was an interesting sentence because we're taking a video game and turning it into live action. So my love of voice actors is essentially irrelevant here. What well, could be an anime movie? Sure. I- Sure, but turning it into live action, I've taken it as literally turning it into live action. Have you not seen I, the live action Lion King? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not I, live. Action. I
2: think that's the major problem with a lot of video games is that voice acting is a is a thing, and it's they a,
0: define a role, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's weird.
2: like I like a lot of my favorite series. I can't really imagine, like, I can't imagine Jennifer Hale not playing FemShep. Mm, so, yeah, like. Right. You know, and and I suppose with something like Mass Effect, it's a bit easier because you'd have a lot of CGI aliens, so you could have a bunch of the original cast. But for any of the humans, there's a lot of people who don't look anything like the person that they are voicing. And we, so
0: we touched on it in Watch You What recently. If you've uh, been on the old Patreon and uh-huh. heard that episode, Uncharted came out recently. Mm. What the fuck was that casting? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg Sully, Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, little sure, boy, and then he's a little boy. And then Nolan North shows up, who is the voice of Drake for no fucking reason, just because of a cameo. Mm. But Nolan North is 50 now, I think. He's in his 40s at least. So he's he is... looking all right. But... He, he's in good nick, yeah. But, but like, he's uh, yeah. not young enough to be playing Nathan Drake. No. Neither's Nathan Fillion. No. Missed that boat. He, he could have been like 15 years ago, but yeah, done it on that's when Uncharted 2 came out. So I was like, nope. <laughs> so yeah, I think you run into that problem a lot where you get that defined by that, like Nathan Drake will always be Nolan North's voice to me because he's such a quippy vocally driven character. Mm. And a lot of these cinematic things like they're doing a last, my answer would have been the last of us. They're fucking doing that on Mm. HBO. I was like, I can't imagine anyone. I can't imagine it being anyone but Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. And they were like, how about the Mandalorian and Liana Mormont? I'm like, Sorry, what? Hold on. <laughs> yes, please. That's Pedro good. Pascal. It'd be mean, Pedro Pascal as Joel. I'm like, fuck yes. Sign mm. me up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it can be done if it's handled well, and hopefully this is our plan, right? Mm. You know I, mean? I mean I've fucking done something. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, Matthew. Uh, Tim, why don't we kick off with you?
2: Yeah. Um I have a couple of bits of casting. I also have a couple of ideas for movies where I mm. haven't necessarily cast people in them. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I have I just think these would be fun. I think the next Fast and Furious film should be a Rocket League spin-off. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Do you know what the spiritual prequel
0: to Rocket League is called? No. Have we had this conversation before, I don't think we have. Don't think so. so, the company that made I mean, it was kind of made um Rocket League. Before that, they had basically Rocket League. It was cars playing football and stuff, mm-hmm. but it didn't handle as well and it had a terrible name. Mm. And there's a song that goes with it that makes reminds me of the full name. It was called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. Wow. And the song was Supersonic
2: Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. I thought it was gonna be a super califragilistic it almost is. <laughs> That's yeah, a nineties TV series metal. I've yeah. ever heard yeah. one.
0: Go and listen to that theme song. If you like cheesy power metal, it's a banger. And that game was fun, but Rocket League is like, my, they like blew themselves out mm. of water. And, yeah, they yeah, improved them, the, the
2: it thing. greatly. So yeah, more Rocket League content I'm always up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I want the family having to form a sports team to play in Rocket League. God, that's so, on. A that's so on brand. We're, We're a, a family. family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God, uh, well. I, w- I would like to see adaptation of Return of the Obra Din. Oh, Ooh, done the, by Robert Eggers. The, oh, fucking Tim 16 <laughs> bit pirate yeah. adventures. Yeah, slapping my with face some, for that goodness. With some fucking Cthulhu thrown in oh, for good measure. Yes, please. Love it. In terms of actual casting, so I don't have casting for those. Obviously, one would have the Fast and Furious people in it. Sure. And Obra Dinn just kind of. Trust Eggers. Yeah. One of the Scar's guards probably be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Timothy Chalamet. As the protagonist of a Shadow of the Colossus film could be interesting. Ooh, hello.
0: interesting. Um, yeah, and very interesting. <laughs> oh,
2: hello, Wonder. who's going to play
0: Agro? Who plays the horse?
2: Uh, it's uh, motion capture by Andy Circus. Oh, but they ride around on each other in, yeah. in a mocap studio. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I also think. Uh, Chell from Portal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Jessica Henwick would make an excellent. Oh, Chell. very good. Mm. Yeah,
1: I, I very much approve mm. of that.
2: Nice. Anyway, yeah. I'd like to see a lot more stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. There, okay. we, there we are.
1: <clears throat> so, of all the things I could go down the route, oh, i no. like, oh, Matt's got these big favorite games and Silent oh, Hills no. and Final oh, Fantasies oh, and no. Assassin's Creed and Bioshock, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, no. Uh, I'll have an image on the Discord for those who want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. I dread this
0: already. I want a Tekken movie. Of course you do. Yeah. But Matt, we already had a Tekken. Fuck movie. Fuck off. <laughs> it had former UFC star Roger Huerta in it as one of the characters. I can't remember. One of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. It's, Tekken movie is terrible. Yeah, it's
1: a big fuck off on that one. I was I was really excited for that when it came out. I was like, oh god, it's a piece <laughs> of shit. It's like we're like dead or alive as well. The whole era of like here's these yeah franchise. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm just gonna rip through some names. It almost doesn't matter really uh, who they are hmm. for you, the listener. But yeah, so. Heihachi is going to be Koji Yakusho, who's been in a shit ton of stuff. Amazing actor, and Kazuya, his son, is Rio Nishikiro, who's kind of more of a singer than an actor, but more importantly, he does acting roles. stuff. Mm. But yeah, two, two two sort of strong Japanese presences for those for the central story of like kids being chucked off cliffs.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that is the central premise of Tekken. This is I. This is another one where I'm like, it should be a TV series, and the way you pitch it mm. is, uh, it's Succession, but with uh, martial see, arts. The, the Mishima yeah. Corporation. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Um, I've also got uh Mike Moe playing uh martial law. Mike Moore is the guy who was in Once Upon a Time in China um, mm. sorry, Once Upon a Time in, Hollywood, in Hollywood, sorry. Hollywood, sorry. Yeah. Um playing
0: Bruce Lee. Yeah. Martial law is basically a Bruce Lee ripoff. But yep. very much so. Yeah.
1: Uh, in the role of Paul Phoenix, his sort of friend slash ally slash mm-hmm. rival. Tallest M- hair in video flat games. Top man, yeah, yeah. Yep. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel he bring the right energy I, to yeah, i Yeah, because I would like to see Paul Phoenix be a dumbass. And yeah. I would like to see Chris Hemsworth play that. Yep, I think you could do that very well. Um, the role of Nina, I've gone with
1: Catherine Winnick, who was yeah. in things like mm-hmm. Vikings. She's actually of like a martial arts expert, yep. so. mm. yep. but not Irish, so I'm going to get a flag that. then. Nobody fucking thinks that Neil Williams is Irish, no. for God's sake. She's Irish in the sense they found a fucking flag and said, that'll do. Diego Boneta as King. Now, he was in... Like Rock of Ages and shit. Yep. But he is actually genuinely decently ripped. He's mm-hmm. not huge, but him in like a CGI uh, mode cap, like Jaguar mm. head, then would be perfectly fine. Alan Richson as Jack. So Jack's a big robot, I think. I'm Alan Richson is yeah. the guy who's in uh, the Jack Reacher stuff. It's,
2: oh, yes. Yeah. Very big man. Giant man. Uh, but also quite funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Seems like a nice guy. And finally, Andy on. Yoshimitsu. No, oh, now I'm done. That's God,
0: it. Yoshimitsu. That's
1: all the characters I've got. I, I, mm. like, I could have gone and literally gone and cast all of fucking Tekken, what about yeah.
0: Brian, and Bayek and Horwang, and everybody's favorites. Matthew, I kind of wanted to cast like them gone. all. That's and, for that's uh, for the
2: subsequent sequel. films yeah. or yeah. seasons. This or is whatever. for the first
1: films. We have like mm. a, a core of characters Talk about the Mishima Corporation, all that sort of stuff. I think it'd be really fun. Uh, and again, Mortal Kombat came close to doing that. Except they didn't have an actual fucking tournament, but this would be an actual Tekken Iron Fist mm. tournament King of Iron Fist tournament, yeah, mm. exactly. And it'd be actually like for what? It's like mm. for the Mishima Corporation. But underneath of the whole thing, it would be like just a you know a Kazuya and Hihatchi mm. showdown, and Devils and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be fucking mm. great. Nice. So stupid and over the top, but it would be. It'd be almost pitch like it's just a straight fighting film, and then it's like mm. by the end. Oh, by the way, there's a supernatural twist, kind of like you know. An Indiana Jones kind of feel to it, mm. in a weird way, as all that sounds as a comparison.
2: When I was, well, this was when I was about twenty, twenty-one. I I, was, I had an idea of doing like a comic book series that was essentially like the behind the scenes at a fighting game. Ooh. So you got all of the nonsense politicking and stuff like that, but you never actually saw any of the fights. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, my description was always, it's like a Spanish telenovela um because if you <laughs> look at the plot of like tekken yes it's ridiculous yeah the plot of Tekken. I everyone's I, always betraying each other oh yeah definitely. uh yeah there's so i mean i,
1: I adore tekken and uh, jack recently sent me a video um a youtube video about the plot of tekken and i kind of i love it so much it's so stupid fighting mm. games don't need a plot mm. it's like what's what's the thing well there's a big tournament all the best martial artists are gonna fight in it mm. great fantastic if it's Street Fighter, some of them have like strange powers and from all around the world. Oh, that's cool.
0: Tekken has a really weird story in it. And I genuinely love it. Mm. Yeah, that video that Matt's referencing is why Tekken's story is better than you might think yep. by writing on games, who's one of my favorite. Yep. Gaming perspective, YouTuber, mm. video essayist mm. kind of people. So, yeah, highly recommend that. Yeah.
1: What about you, Jack? What are you bringing to the table?
0: Red Dead Redemption. Ah. Oh. Mm. One of my favorite games of all time. And I think the second one is also fantastic. But kind of sticking with the first one more specifically. uh, The first one is better. Uh, I think the first one's one of the best open world games ever made. One of my favorite games of all time. One of the best and most surprising stories. One of the most emotional stories in gaming. Somehow done in an open world game, which you'd think wouldn't work, but it does an amazing job. The twist that no one saw coming, and that's like. That was done um, over a decade ago. (laughs) Yeah, 2010, by the way, is the first game. So there's, if you don't know, basically it's a story of John Marston who's a former outlaw cowboy type character who tries to denounce the life of outlawishness and settle down with a wife and a son mm-hmm. and live mm-hmm. the good life. But he's kind of blackmailed into hunting down his former gang members by FBI agents, essentially. <laughs> Oldie time FBI agents. And this is all set in the early 20th century. So that at the cusp yeah topic we've covered a couple of times Mm. whether that's through the samurai films we talked about or the westerns that we've Mm. talked about recently power of the dog time power of the dog time exactly right tim where it is the cusp of civilization breaching into the frontier and cowboys are all out of date and Mm. you gotta get with the times man you gotta stop being around you can't ride around on your ranch anymore you gotta come work in the big city and all that kind of stuff the
1: very first shot of red dead redemption is a car being loaded off a a, a giant ship, and he's going,
0: What is the world coming to exactly? Yeah, yeah. So, the central character, John Marston, he has a few like gang members around him. Uh, Arthur, who is the main character of the second game, which is a prequel, won't get into that. Um, Dutch is the gang leader who is also like one of the big villains of the whole thing. Uh, and through this, you, you play as John and you hunt your way through a few of the gang members before finally getting to Dutch, having some twists and turns and reveals and stuff. Trails, all the usual kind of stuff. So I've cast some of the major characters, um, but not everyone in there because I didn't want to kind of like lock everything down basically. Sure. John Marston going for my boy, Carl Urban. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. He could rock the long hair, lock the weird mustache and beard combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matthew. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, has that grit and gravitas, whether that's like bones in the Star Trek movies or dread, or whatever else he's done. He might be Kiwi, but he can do In a good, rough American mm. kind of... Yeah, they don't be not, not, rich, not that, except I mean? from the boys. Mm. No. But yeah, um, Arthur, who is kind of John's right-hand man slash friendly, rival, sibling-y kind of thing, both raised by their gang leader after being orphaned and all that kind of stuff. The Punisher himself, John Burnthal. Oh, yeah. And that could work. He's got that kind of Southern mm. drawl, tough guy kind of... Yeah. Tough guy with a heart of gold kind of vibe that Arthur Morgan has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I see that. Um as Dutch, who's a bit older than them, has a hefty mustache, yeah. and is a bit of a dick. Josh Brolin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got got the again, got that kind of gravitas to him. Got the charisma, because the whole thing of Dutch is that he is just bullshits everyone and is just able to convince people to follow him no matter what. Bill, who is one of the first guys you fight, like as you go through hunting the former gang members, so current gang member, follower of Dutch, they've all kind of split off and stuff, going with David Harbour, aka Hellboy, aka the guy from Stranger Things. These are all basically the exact kind of Mr. Lily Allen. Rough looking motherfuckers. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, that's good. There's one Latin character, again, one of the former gang members, called Javier, bringing in Diego Luna from from Rogue One, and soon to be Andor, fuck that Disney Plus show is. (laughs) Sure. Don't know. Micah, who turns out to be a key character in Red Dead Redemption 2, who yeah. is a real piece of shit um, and kind of bringing it all around and yeah, betrayals and is he on the side of Dutch? Is he just gone crazy? All this kind of stuff. Who could play crazy? And this is partly inspired by mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite trilogies of, of recent years, mm-hmm. to Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, okay. Playing, uh, can imagine like basically, I'm going with the the Apes trilogy. There is what I was hinting at. Yes, and how insane he is when he he's the villain in that as mm-hmm. uh, yes. the the colonel or the sergeant or whatever he is called the the, the military leader in in mm-hmm. war for the planet of the Apes. He's fantastic in that. Kind of rounding things off with a couple of other characters. So we have the FBI agent who kind of sets up the whole thing and tries to fuck over the gang and all that kind of stuff. Is Edgar Ross, Agent Ross. Again, a bit older than everyone else, a bit wily, thinks he's smartest guy in the room, kind of thing. Thinking Brian Cranston can't go wrong with some Brian Cranston. A lot of old gravelly men, yeah, old, terms, old, yeah. old gravelly men. Um, and to round things off, and bring in a key female character to the mm. first game, I'm gonna guess Barney, <laughs> good mm. old Barney McFarlane, yeah, and kind of inspired by a bit of Westworld. I'm gonna go Evan Rachel Wood. Oh,
1: fantastic! Yeah, she's always.
0: I think it's a it's a banger of a cast. I don't know if that many people would be in a thing. And again, it's probably better off being an HBO show. As we often talk about a video game, yeah. it's very difficult to adapt yeah, a yeah. 60 to 100 hour video game into a film and not make it a piece of shit like so many of them are. Unless mm. it's something that basically doesn't have a plot like Sonic. Like, oh, we're telling this really complex story. It's like, good luck telling the Mortal Kombat story in two hours, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Oh, we're going to introduce a brand new character called Cole. who's a, oh God, you have enough characters. There's too many characters in MK already. Like, what are you guys doing? Guess why wouldn't we be doing that fucking Tiger movie? Some rando. Yeah. Just, some, just some lad being like,
1: so, what's an Iron Fist tournament, guys? It's me, Jim John. It's like, fuck off, Jim
0: John. <laughs> if that's your real
1: name. It's actually James John. My father, John John. is like, fuck off. Nobody yeah. cares.
0: So yeah, that's my very, very rough outlining. And you could pretty much do the plot of the first one and or the second one yeah. in some kind of mashup. That's pretty much the cast of the first game in however which order you want to do this. You could potentially do because I've got Arthur cast in there as well. You could have some flashbacks that then tie into some Red Dead Redemption 2 stuff as the prequel building on John's relationship with Arthur in Dutch and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah I think it could work well. Because I think it's one of the best stories ever told in video games. It's
1: because they took all the
0: Western films <laughs> and put it into one game. Hey do you want all the Westerns at once? Yes please. That's my Red Dead Redemption nice. Yeah. Very next, solid. Next question. Yes. Also, also from the Rhino Man. Which fictional creature would you want as a pet? And he specifically clarifies here there wouldn't be a hassle to raise. That's and, not a pet. <laughs> Every and, pet's a hassle. And Matt, I'm you know? going to call you out on some bullshit. Ah, uh, you. In our group chat a little while ago, because obviously we've had these questions for a little while. We've mm-hmm. had a couple of rounds on social media and Discord and stuff, saying, "Hey guys, get your questions in" and all that kind of stuff. Matt sent a question of, does this count? Is it a robot, Matthew? I'm like, I mean, yeah. Like, well, then no. <laughs> we had do, a question about sentience. Do droids count as pets? And we're, like, we're not getting into the droid debate. <laughs> we had that in the solo episode, and Tim went on a whole droids are sentient, and basically people have slaves in the Star Wars universe. Yep. You've, you've broken the Star Wars universe. You can't do that. So no. Matthew. No touch coma for me, then.
1: No. Well, I have an answer, then. Good. The crow, the crow from the crow.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't want the man the bird the crow? <laughs> no, the crow. I I I think a crow is a thing I'd like to leave You can't legally own a crow in this country, I think as well. Really? It is a ah. weird thing. Mm. Um Corbin's is it Institute because you turns
0: into a like a spirit of vengeance basically? Yeah, can't have everyone make spirits of vengeance.
1: Yeah. It's like the South Park
0: episode. Only one person does up the crow at the party. If any of the three of us is going to be the crow, it's going to be you. Yeah. yeah. Fair.
1: I'm pretty cranky. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: I've been in a lot of fights a lot as of a cat of to you. You're covered in scars and stuff. It's true. You have floor length trench coats from your teenage goth years. <laughs> yeah. You're halfway there. Yeah. Two thirds of the way. Three quarters of the way I just way there. need to paint my face up.
1: And my skull, I guess. Yeah. we just stop here at my forehead. That'd be weird. No, you'd have yeah, you'd have to you'd have to do the whole head, basically. It's like ghost rider with no flames. Yeah. Um basically, uh yes, but a crow big cool thing to have as a pet, but also a sentient one that brings you back from the dead and mm. amazing. So that, please. Mm.
2: Fair. Have you ever been to the Tower of
1: London and met oh, the, ravens the Ravens Oh, the Ravens, yeah. Yeah, they're some <laughs> Noises and mm. that's so, they But hey, fuck, the Ravens, the main thing, those weird dong noises. Like, mm, dong. Yeah. Crazy weird sounds. But. All exactly, yeah. yeah. Clocks. Um, I bought my wife for a Christmas a little while back, uh, the book by the Raven Master. Nice. Um, and he's got like a TikTok and, 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 yeah, yeah. and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I've seen them and they're fucking enormous. They are. They're, they're much bigger than you think. Yeah. like dogs. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck?
2: Uh, but it's a crow for me. So, mm. Tim? Slave? I have a couple of answers. Robo Slave. Because I, I had my go-to answer, and then I was like, oh, but that's not really from a film. I mean, it's technically from a film, but it's... you. Mm-hmm. So I had my go-to, and then I've got one specifically from a film. Okay. Uh, my go-to is a Growlithe or an Arcanine uh, from from Pokemon. Uh,
1: I see Pokemon be movie. Very clever. I have also
0: chosen a Pokemon. <laughs> ah, look at
2: you boys. Which yeah it does I think I think you see them in I think you see a Growlithe in the background in Pokemon the movie I think they're all there and somewhere. I think there's, there's a loads, concept art of there's an Arcanine. loads of shit of them yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, well Arcanine. you can just have a Growlithe and then eventually it will evolve into an well Arcanine. exactly so, yeah. yeah good point um, would you ride your Arcanine I mean if it's big enough to ride then yeah they're big enough to ride I believe uh, my 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 movie answer is definitely big enough to ride because uh, I would have the big elk deer that uh Lee pace the elf. Oh has uh, <laughs> Thrandwheel. Something like that. Um yeah, I'd have his his big megafauna elk thing. Megafauna elk. I like it. Uh, Arcanine is two meters tall. There you go. Yeah. It's a horse-sized
0: dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good. 71 centimeters. That thing grows three times its own height. Yeah. That's Pokemon for you. I find a lot of Pokemon are either fucking massive. Yeah. Or like, oh. Because Charizard is like five and a half feet tall. It's a fucking dragon, <laughs> but canonically, it's like as tall as my fiance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's a fucking dragon. It,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a thing like, oh, Evie is a small thing, the size of, like of a small dog. Yeah, yeah. How old is? It, how big is the evolved versions of it? Like Jolteon and Umbreon? Like, fucking huge. It's like <laughs> what?
2: Yeah, not just the same thing, same sort <laughs> of size. No, how big's a Snorlax? Oh, it's like ridiculous. It's Like a Kaiju so, uh, It's like yeah, it's like twelve foot tall.
0: Nope, six foot eight. Oh, tall. It's not huge. I mean, it's, that's, that's a very. I tall person I suppose the
2: thing is, is that everything's from a ten year old's perspective. So it's should... that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, it's you, the you've the just quote blown, blown my mind again. again. Yeah, of like uh
0: I remember you being a lot taller. Ten year old, huge. Yes, yeah. Which is a weird thing for Dustin Hoffman to say. Evie is for sure my choice. It's the most adorable of the Pokemon would,
2: would you be evolving it?
0: See, the, I like that you have the options there. You've got to but commit. You, once,
2: yeah, once you've done it, you've done it.
0: I'm always a fiery guy. Mm. I'm always a fire starter, twisted fire starter. So maybe go Flareon. I like a good Flareon. But now mm. we've got, like, Glaceon and all the ice ones. Yeah. on and Umbreon's cool and all the darkness and stuff. There's a yeah. psychic one that could, like, read people's minds Espeon. Espeon, thank mm-hmm. you. Umbreon and Espeon and all that kind of stuff. There's so many options there. But, yeah, once you... Maybe I'd get analysis paralysis and just be like, oh, God, I have so many options. Yes. But I can only do it once forever, and then my pet is forever changed. It it goes to
1: the, Jesus Christ, evolve me. But I love you, Pikachu. Fucking fuck you.
0: (laughs) That's Pokemon awesome, by the way, from (laughs) Egoraptor, if you hadn't really clocked onto that. Uh, Yeah, Eevee's a tiny little thing. Pokemon's a good one to get out of that one, actually. Yeah, fair shout. Eevee is almost exactly the same size as my current pet, Toothless. She is, uh, uh, it's a little bit taller. So it's about a foot tall. Yeah. It's quite, quite big for a sure cat, dog, fox, whatever the fucking Eevee is. And it weighs about six and a half kilos. And my chunk of a cat weighs six and a half kilos. So <laughs> I know I can pick up an Eevee because I can pick up my cat. So, Bear. and it looks
2: real fluffy and real cute. So I'd be happy with that. Now, I haven't seen Encanto yet. Is there a capybara in Encanto? Yes. Once yes, I've, there once is. I've seen Encanto, I might be changing my answer to that. Yeah. I fucking love a capybara. You do love a capybara. There's a kid who
1: can talk to animals, so I think Cap- I'm, I'm, I remember there being capybaras now, thinking about it. Yes. Good point. There are.
0: There are capybaras in Encanto. Excellent. Conf- confirmed. Fictional characters. Capybara. Nailed it. <laughs> What's the next question? Next question. Moving on from Rhino Man. What is your dream film merchandise?
1: Tricky one to start with. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I realized it's something I've wanted since I was a kid, oh, no. and haven't been able to get ever. Oh, no. There's only just been released one recently. Why are you turning for into a five hundred fucking pounds? What what obscure flashlight
0: are you creating here? I think.
1: No, I've actually mentioned this on the show many times. Sorry, No, 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 um, <laughs> no, no. It's um, it's the fucking bike from Akira. Oh, okay. It, yeah, you can't get. A decent small just a, just a simple model mm. whether it's like a, a toy or a fucking statue or a model kit or any of that shit it's like we don't do it oh but here you go here's a 500 pound one that lights up i don't want that
2: you fucking i mean it's on trash taste it's fucking psycho yeah but yeah. yeah that's that's my answer i i would i would love to be able to afford more lego just in general and i i i think like custom sets for like my own favorite films oh, be amazing. Tim.
0: Yes. <laughs> um I walked past this as a charity shop in Norwich that had the Simpsons house mm. in Lego and I was like, "Oh, it's in a charity shop." Oh my god. That thing's usually like 400 quid. How much was it in the charity shop? 350 quid. F- and yes. I was like, "Well, <gasps> yeah. I mean, uh, and I I misplaced the zero and I was like, "I'm about 35 get, pound. I'm about to get a 35 pound thing that's worth <laughs> 400 quid. I'm not selling it, mind. <laughs> I want that shit. Yeah. And there was a tower of, of London one next to it, and I was like, "That says that says three hundred quid." Hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let me reevaluate. Oh, that says three fifty. Fuck yeah. I got very excited, then very disappointed at about fifteen seconds.
2: Yeah, I would have loved one of the phones from the Matrix when they made the phones from the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> I get that entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Found one of a bus once. I would also love, whether this would be an actual prop from the film or like a replica, uh, Inigo Montoya's sword. Ooh, oh, wow. yeah. you probably can get that. Probably can, but I can't afford it at the moment. But, you know, just ask Mandy you'd be thinking very nicely. and be like, That's a, a stretch sword. goal on yeah. uh, Patreon now. Yeah. Get Tim that sword. Get Tim a sword. Jack.
0: <laughs> Don't know, really. Which one's that from? Yeah. Is that um, a car from Cars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lego's a great shout being able to just have a lego thing of whatever
2: you like because they do there's those mm. websites now where you can like build a thing digitally and then it will work out all the bricks and then send them to you yeah
0: so a friend of mine her husband worked at lego years ago when they first started doing the design labs idea Mm. which is a similar kind of thing but internally at lego Mm. and they basically would have a thing of like okay We've got this new thing coming out. What's possible? Mm. Design me some stuff to go with Tron Legacy or Dread mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck was happening 10 years ago. And it was like, okay. And he was basically a 3D digital mm. designer who yeah. would build digital Lego kits of all the cool shit. Mm. I was like. You have the coolest job in the world. <laughs> I know you're not building literal Lego sets. He's like, oh, no, no. Sometimes they build them as prototypes. Mm. Like, you have the best <laughs> job in the world. And he was like a six and a half foot tall bearded German metal dude. And I was like, that makes sense. I don't know why, but that makes sense. Did as the you guy want who to marry designs. this guy you any chance? I mean, yeah. <laughs> why not? But yeah, he he was like very enthusiastic about how cool Wait, that process is. is this stuff. the pudding dessert dude? No, he's Australian.
1: Oh, damn, I'm so close. This, guy,
0: this guy's Austria, not Australian. Damn. <laughs> John lives in Norwich. Like, he's <laughs> he's local. But yeah, I, I think having... I don't know, I've never been much of a kind of merchy kind of person, really. I, I like things that reference things. Like, I wear a lot of branded mm. T-shirts and yeah. stuff. Um, I recently got a cool Avengers jacket. And I like things that look like they should be in the film. Mm. So, like, you have the... Like the shoes from Back to the Future when they oh my god, they tie themselves up never as cool as they seem
2: no but that's it'd be like true, I, got that's shoe- right. I got the I got the shoes from Back to the Future that I, would be I cool. always think like having a Wayland Utani T shirt is so much better than just having a T shirt that says aliens it's a on big, it a big yes. fucking
0: xenomorph thing
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's fair that's
1: fair I mean yeah. obviously no shame
0: do what you want what you want but you're
1: right yeah. I think it's more it's it's the wink and then I'm like I get that that yeah. sort of thing yeah the inside joke and yeah. they also
2: tend to be designed nicer and yeah, aesthetically true. Yeah. pleasing.
0: Yeah. So I've re- I've recently got a Avengers leather jacket that is like got the little Avengers logo here. Mm. But apart from that, it is just a really nice leather jacket that happens to have like the Avengers red running through it with like elbow corners and stuff. And it's just mm. a really nice looking jacket. I'm like Sweet. So it looks it looks like it.
2: something like Black Knight would have worn in nineteen ninety two. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I think it's based on very loosely based on Steve Rogers' undercover. Thing where he wears the leather jacket and a hoodie because mm. it's got that thing where the inner layer is a hoodie, right? You can, oh, yeah, you can yeah. so you've, it's got a hood and like two inches of hoodiness, yeah, on the inside of the jacket that you can zip up and have that zipped up, and then the jacket's on the outside. Mm. You can also unzip the hoodie bit off and have just the jacket with mm. no hood oh. and it still works as a jacket. I'm like this is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense but it's quite cool mm. So Thanks. yeah actual practical things like that I've always uh, Emma's got a hoodie that looks like the Assassin's Creed with the, the peak and all that kind of mm. stuff yes yeah little things like that where it kind of like it was almost like a budget cosplay in a way. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's really cool. And I know Mm. like the hoodies that looked like the quantum suits in Avengers Endgame were very popular. Like the white, red and black kind of quantum suit things. They blew up for a while. Yeah. That kind of shit is the stuff I like. Mm. I look like I'm in the I I have a long sleeve top that is Black Adam's suit, basically. Mm. Yeah. With like the big lightning bolt and the black like wrapped around and stuff like that. Mm. It's really cool again. I wore it to a Comic Con once and had a great time. People are like, hey, it's Black Adam. I'm, like, I'm just a big fat white guy in a t-shirt. But yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Will you be wearing it to see uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson play? Yes, Black Adam? Yes, personally, personally to see Dwayne. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Dwayne, we look the same. <laughs> s- People often get us confused. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, someone better go home and change. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is going to have to go home right and change. White wrestle, wrestle you for it. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Cool, what's next? Uh, next question. I'm getting towards the end here. Oh, cool. Dear listeners. What's one podcast you listen to most other than sequelizers? Weird qualifier at the end there. I don't listen to sequelizers that much. I edit sequelizers and present for sequelizers. I listen to other podcasts much more than I Mm. listen to my own show. I mean,
1: when we're Uh, editing it, we're listening to it. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time to listen to our own show very much
0: i don't have time to listen to a lot of podcasts. So I what I podcasts, often I like do is I will listen to the EP clips that you guys pick. Yes, oh, and the be Like, ah, oh, oh, bloody good work there, Tim. Yeah, bloody yeah. hell! Oh, that was a funny one. Oh, huh? oh, I see what you did there. That's mm. funny. Yeah, that's clever. That kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I very rarely, after you've recorded it, I will very rarely go and listen to an entire episode and be like, "Yeah, I recorded that two weeks ago. Yeah, let's go." Mm, when I was a kid, I remember that conversation
1: a panel show sort of quiz thing. Uh, must have been mid to late 90s, and it was a Red Dwarf thing. It was the actors in the show going against like the super fans, basically.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was this like when Red Dwarf turned 20 or something? Oh, or no, no it, was, it was
1: this was I mean, they made that again, but this was like in the 90s, so it was literally must have been like only like 10 year anniversary. Oh, it might be, point. yeah, it might have been yeah. 10 years, yeah. But either way, I remember watching it as a you know, preteen kind of thing, mm. watching this thing, ha ah, brilliant. And I was like, how would the actors not know they're in it? Yeah. And then, of course, as I get to making film stuff mm. and TV and all this, i like, that's not how it works. No. When you're done with the moment, you yeah. forget about everything. Whereas the fans obsessed it to watch over and yeah. over and over. And a lot and of actors
2: can't watch themselves. No. They, they will not. You go see, back the faults again. and flaws. Yeah.
1: yeah, precisely.
2: I feel like Tim
1: and I are going to have a few. Yeah. And Jack's going to have a fuck ton. <laughs> yes. So you go last.
0: My show notes were, I have too many.
1: <laughs> um, I have one to mention. Uh, the answer is the Blind Boy podcast.
0: Mm, you always recommend the Blind Boy podcast. Love
1: me, the Blind Boy podcast. Because you're Irish.
0: I mean, there's a bias. There's a there. little bit
1: of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's my favorite podcast. Favorite talking point. Uh, just so ridiculous. Under that is Cheap Show. Um, I listen to Cheap Show as well. It's yeah, just the time. Great. The time. Because again, doing the podcast, doing a different podcast, doing filmmaking, doing mm-hmm. watching films, doing reviewing films, doing day job. The I, I listen to music a lot when I walk around. I listen to Audible sometimes again, like mm-hmm. book stuff. I listen podcasts. Gaps and places and things, yeah. uh, like the mortar, as it were, between the bricks. But I, again, I know there are so many good podcasts, and we talk to some people who have host so many good podcasts. It's just find the fucking time sometimes. Yeah. So it's but on the regular, the one I listen to all the fucking time,
3: Blame Bay.
2: Yeah, I, I I had like a peak podcast listening period, which was when I was working in a job where I could literally just listen to podcasts there all we day. Go. But so the the, sh- the podcast I have listened to most. I believe is my brother, my brother, and me. Mm. Um, which I've the, fallen the McElroys. The McElroys. I've fallen behind on. I haven't listened to in a, in like six months, maybe. But um, listen to a lot of that, and and would often listen to like episodes more than once. Um, or will listen to clips on YouTube still and stuff like that. Of, mm-hmm. The favourite things. But the show I've probably listened to the longest, and have continued to pretty much always be week in week out listening to it joe rogan experience of course yeah <laughs> Fucking hell. uh no is uh war rocket ajax oh. which is a m- pop culture but mostly comics podcast done by uh chris sims and matt wilson who are both people who write comics uh and have written lots of comic like criticism and stuff like that and yeah i i, I generally week in and week out will listen to that they do a monthly show where they are ranking every comic of all time ever. Holy shit. Um, Jesus Christ. Which they've got about a thousand on the list now. Wow. And it ranges from like obscure to very well-known, truly terrible to fantastic. Um, that's always fun to listen to. Yeah, and that's, that's the show that I pretty much always will listen to within a few days of it coming out. It has comic reviews. It has like guests talking about stuff that's generally pretty interesting wrestling talk even though i don't listen watch wrestling <laughs> It's uh, nice know know occasionally someone who, who has something you like them talking
1: about it so it doesn't matter
2: that, what it is yes that's the thing is is it's got that pleasure of yeah i enjoy listen, hearing them talk about the things that they love they're doing a series at the moment where they're going through mark grunewald's run of captain america mm. um and like every sort of Fourth episode will just be them going through like six issues of that and talking about it, um, which is very enjoyable. Jack, I have your long, long list. I have fifty-three active podcast subscriptions. Fucking hell, James! Yeah, I know. It's not
0: necessarily listening to every single week, but I bet it fucking is. You psycho! (laughs) No, not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Um, So, and there's a few at the bottom there that are the irregularly updated ones, well, shit like serial and stuff that is not Mm. a regular posting thing. Mm. That's not included. It's sixty-one total. There's eight at the bottom that are like I done, I finished now, but I've still got a few episodes to listen to. Or it's like oh, I get a, it, I a get, mini it. series, like a yeah. some of them are like fictional mini series, yeah. Like actual like audio fiction kind of stuff as well. On a week to week basis, um, a lot of wrestling podcasts, mostly from the guys at Wrestle Talk. Uh, really, really like those guys. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to get Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk on the live stream at some point. Cool, because he's a big film buff. Mm-hmm. He hosts a lot of the shows on the Cineworld YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Luke, I don't think you're listening, but just in case you are, hey, hey, come, come and hang out. Um, he also hosts the Games Master podcast I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, Under Consultation, with a guy called Ash. And uh, yeah, him and Ash recently did a live show in London. Gutted, I couldn't make it. and nearly went, but yeah, timings didn't work out and stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you want a retrospective of all of Gamesmaster, they've now done the modern series and have gone back and an hour on season five i think Mm. you don't necessarily need to know games master but if you have a little bit of nostalgia for it i highly highly recommend it um i know matt you listen to abroad in japan as well i do chris broaden uh pete donaldson i do uh pete also hosts a bunch of other podcasts about football and wrestling and that kind of stuff if you go and check out his company which is called stack Formerly known as a whole production podcast production company based out of London, mm-hmm. that do some fantastic work. And in general, their production quality is really, really good as well. More kind of weird stuff like Plumbing the Death Star, um, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of Australians who I've seen live a couple of times. And I know quite a few people in our Discord are big SansPants radio fans, which is the network they're part of. I know they're doing a live show coming up shortly before my wedding, and I can't go. And I think Josh Miles is going. Uh, Interesting. one of the EPs, who talked about how he bought tickets on the Discord the other day. Our friends over at Modern Escapism, I highly recommend the D&D show that Gadget DMs and hosts called Do Androids mm-hmm. Dream of Electric Sheep? Oh no, wait! It's Do Dragons Dream of Scorched Sheep? Oh, <laughs> God, I love that title. Very clever. Uh, they've just kicking off their Season 2 at the moment, which is a lot of fun. Uh, sticking on the D&D trend, I do listen to Critical Role. I'm pretty much up to date on Campaign 3 for that. Uh, my favourite Actual play podcast is the Glass Cannon Network. They do like Pathfinder and Starfinder stuff. um, and have now spun off and done whole other shows on Mm. like the Alien RPG and the Cyberpunk RPG. And they're currently doing a Mm -hmm. series, a ten part series on the Dune RPG, which is amazing. That's all on YouTube and on podcast platforms and stuff as well. Um, a couple of ones I mentioned before, it's probably not aliens is debunking ancient aliens. Oh yes stuff. I I mentioned that a couple of times on the show before. And the counteraction to that is one of the guys, Mark AG. Rory does this paranormal life, which is, we touched on cryptids earlier, analyzing a weird cryptid story <laughs> basically every week. And him and his co host Kit, mm-hmm. one of them takes the role of the paranormal investigator and goes and does all the research and then presents it to the other person. And they basically decide, this is just a bunch of shit. Like, yeah, yeah it probably. It's was owls. It's always owls. It's probably owls. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Going across a couple of heavy metal ones, not a regularly posted one, but one I really like from, funny enough, comic book writer Anthony Johnston um, and comic book podcaster and critic Brian Letendry. They do Thrash It Out, which is a kind of album by album kind of book club for metal, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of fun. I know Anthony, he's, he's a great dude, good writer. Uh, what else we got? Loads of stuff. I could go on. I could go mm. on. Next time I get shit from our mentions, I'm gonna like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: what one do you think you've been listening to the longest? Good question. Uh,
1: listening to the longest. While you're thinking, I didn't even mention my wife's podcast. She's obviously my drop obviously, but more importantly, she's also on the Super Eight Bit Power Hour. Yeah, friends bit. of ours. Yeah, you know, that's not important. I do <laughs> just,
0: just listen to Super Eight Bit as well. That's, yeah. that's great. Probably like the Rooster Teeth podcast. Okay. That's been listening for like ten years at this point. Probably mm-hmm. it's been something going like that. one of the longest. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's been going a long fucking time. I think things like the old drunk tank days, whenever yeah, just drinking beers and hanging out and stuff, and the audio quality shit. Mm. <laughs> we know what that's like. Um, but yeah, I I don't keep us up to date on the Rooster Teeth stuff as I did a few years ago. I kind of dropped off on a lot of that stuff when all the controversy happened with some of the members of that community and that team. Mm, and yeah, some horrible shit happened, and there were terrible people. Thankfully, they've all been Kicked out of their yeah. respective uh roles and all that kind of stuff, and it was handled in a inappropriate way in, in general. Mm. But really, just kind of soured me on the whole thing. And I've I've dipped back into like off topic, which is the Achievement Hunter podcast that they do, which is mostly their their crew, mm. the gaming side of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, loads of podcasts basically, and I have yeah. a bunch of like SEO and marketing ones that I just kind of keep up to date on mm. because mm. I also do that for a living. So Jack like,
2: Chambers. King of podcasts. Man of podcasts. Very much so. People
0: have taken the piss out of me about this for about seven or eight years now. So, yeah. <laughs> I think if it's just I'm a doing shop. something, I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah, I cause... do it while I'm gaming. I do it while mm. I'm cooking. Mm. I do it while I'm walking. I do it while I'm showering. Yeah, think, it,
1: somebody says they are watching a lot of TV series. Nobody complains about it. Either. I say I watch a lot of films. Mm. I think it's because podcasts have the ability to be between like half an hour, four hours. Four, four hours. Yeah.
0: And I feel the ones you... What absolute idiot would record or listen to a four-hour podcast. <laughs> Titans Among Men. Yeah, indeed. <laughs>
2: Only the strongest of, <laughs> of podcast listeners. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, if you do ever want any podcast recommendations, do let me know. Mm. I have many Yeah, of, of a variety of different topics. Whatever,
1: well. whatever format Jack decides to respond to in, he'll hit a word count limit at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so emails that have a word count limit, this one did. <laughs> pretty much,
0: pretty much. So let's round things off, shall we, with... Our final question. Mm. Yes. What three films would you recommend to someone who hasn't seen anything outside of mainstream releases? I think that's something, a topic that comes up a lot on this show. Either we're referencing something in the main season, we're like, oh, this actor is a thing we cast because he was great in this thing or they were great in this thing. Or you get a in season episode where we get to talk about shit. Mm. yes and we yeah. get to recommend stuff that way as well so mm. yeah. yeah lots of different
2: options there mm. i'll start please do tim i have a couple of picks that have been mentioned on episodes and mm. one that i don't think has although maybe maybe has in the distant uh-huh. past but two that i can definitely remember have having done outside of the mainstream is an interesting like qualifier because I'm not sure quite where... It's oh, hard to define it a bit. I'm it, not sure yeah. where like you start falling out of the mainstream. Yeah, um, I'm but... going to raise a flag if I think it's mainstream. Okay, I'm pretty sure... I think I, I deliberately erred on the side of these are definitely outside. Okay, I think there's certainly films that I would recommend maybe ahead of these, but would be closer to the mainstream. So, oh, but yeah, I, Flag I, ready. I erred on the side of obscure and therefore safer. Sure. One that we talked about very recently, visually stunning films, The Fall. Mm. No mainstream, I love it. Uh, yeah, and a great film. Sure. Definitely not mainstream. Um, I think one of the best looking films, obviously, visually yeah, that also manages to have incredible performances and an emotional core to it that is devastating. A lot I of the time. agree. I agree entirely. Another one that I, I believe I mentioned, not in the most recent what we've watched recently, but maybe in the one before that, uh, is BPM. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the French mm. uh, AIDS kind of drama. No mainstream. I Yeah, again, this was a, a film that I had had on a list of things I wanted to watch. And I think it was when we were coming up to doing a what we've watched recently. And I was like, oh, all I've watched is sequelizer stuff. And I can't talk about any of that stuff. Oh, OK. Like, I see that's on Netflix at the moment. I'm going to go watch it. I've been meaning to for ages. And I watched it and it blew me away. You hear AIDS drama and you think it's going to be one kind of thing and it is that it is (laughs) yeah and it is kind of age drama it is very sad and like devastating at certain points but it is also an incredibly joyful and angry film yeah um and it manages to balance all of those uh incredibly well and at a point and i think it was true then and i don't know when this was a year ago or whatever and it's, it's certainly true now like it's very easy to feel very to look at a lot of things going on in the world and feel very hopeless fucking
1: definitely Christ. and it is
2: it is a film that makes you feel hopeful and angry mm. and motivated mm. to try and do stuff mm. um, it's a good it's a good thing to spin out of it mostly, yeah. yeah yeah and and a thing that not a lot of films do that, and I think it's always worth like. There's a lot of films that can make you feel sad or that can make you feel happy or that can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think films that can make you feel emotions and sensations that aren't necessarily often touched on by film is, is always an interesting thing to look Definitely. at. And the final one is a film by the, the tragically dead, uh, died quite young a, a couple of years ago, Lynn Shelton. Oh, uh, which yeah. is your sister's sister? Yes, which was one of my favorite films of the year it came out, which I think was something like twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen. Yeah, right. around that period. A uh, very simple drama. It's basically got three people in it. It's got Mark Duplass, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt, and Rosemary Dewitt. It's kind of comes from this sort of mumblecore tradition, which is basically, hey, let's just take some people and put them in a room and film it and yes we've got a fairly decent script but they're going to improv around it but it's yeah. not it's not you know a comedy although it is it's not a here's some people from snl doing a comedy it's mm-hmm. not an anchor man improv type thing it's more of a we know the emotional arcs of these people and we're going to have it be funny but also sad because that's what life is like yeah um yeah. and it was just it was one of those films that just got me at exactly the right time i think it's something that not many people will have seen uh i think it's wonderfully directed uh and the performances are all just amazing um really great emily blunt's an interesting person she kind of only does big studio films and this was a rare case of her doing something smaller and more intimate and she's really good in it and i wish she would do stuff that is a little bit just like push herself a little. like she's great in sicario and stuff like that which again is quite a big film still but it feels like she doesn't Push herself as an actress as much as she maybe could and i think she's always great when she does do that Mm. um even though this is a very this is not like an intense film it's a very like warm and friendly film Mm. um but i think it's just her tapping into something slightly different and yeah uh, just a a lovely film quite quite a a nice warm hug of a film yeah after all that emotional like turmoil from the other two
1: I, again, I, 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 not that I should need to. It doesn't matter really, but I, I thoroughly agree, Tim. Three great movies mm. to endorse. Uh, and again, also not mainstream at all. I, I, I
0: think that's the definition, mm. basically. Yeah, a mm. couple of films I've talked about already on this show, plenty of times before. Ex Machina, spectacular, incredible yeah. film that is just. One of the best and most interesting science fiction films of the last decade, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Oscar Isaac is amazing. Donald Gleason is amazing. Alicia Vikander are amazing. Mm. Again, similar to um, what you just mentioned there, Tim. Basically, three people for that entire film Mm. in Mm -hmm. a compound and the dynamics between them and who's manipulating who, who sides on who, all that kind of stuff. Fascinating exploration of... Toxic masculinity and humanity and identity and existentialism. All the lovely stuff you'd learn from robots and sci-fi. Basically. <laughs> I've mentioned it plenty of times on the show before I won't go on. Another one I have mentioned before as well is a film that was funded through Kickstarter. Uh, and I can see it on Matt's Blu-ray collection over there. Is Blue Ruin by Jeremy Saulnier. Fucking great mm. film. I fucking love Blue Ruin. And it's the example I always use for going in as blind as possible with a film. I had no idea what Blue Ruin was at (laughs) all. I saw a poster outside Cinema City here in Norwich. Mm. And I went in and I was like, I fancy watching a film. I did The Thing Matt Hates, where I just wandered into a cinema. I was like, one ticket to movie, Uh, please.
1: I do do hate it, but at the same time... (laughs) I do hate you, Jack. Yes, you're right. It's, It's the fact that you turned up at a cinema that is an independent art house cinema. I didn't just
0: wander into Odeon and be like... What's the biggest movie, please? Yeah.
1: Yeah. One ticket to that old big film, please. It's like, no, I feel like whatever you'd end up with would be something that would be like only showing for like three days anyway mm. and be a transportive experience. So yeah, that's fair.
0: Um so yeah, Blue Ruin is again, if you can go in blind, we've talked about um Macon Blair and Jeremy Saulnier a couple of times on the show. Talked about how much I love Green Room. Green Room is fucking spectacular mm. as well. A um, bit more of a kind of breakout kind of thing with Green Room. Again, having the late Anton Yelchin in there. Mm. Uh, Patrick fucking Stewart. Incredible. Terrifying. Mm. Terrifying and incredible Patrick Stewart. You think he's all lovely Grandpa Patrick Stewart? <laughs> nope. King no, no, the no. Ne- King of the Neo-Nazis. The um, Blue Ruin is something, yeah, like I said, I went in knowing nothing about, and the journey that Macon Blair's character goes through in that film completely blew me away and surprised me in every twist and turn. And I was like, oh, oh, I thought it was this kind of film. Turns out it's this kind of film. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, originally funded through Kickstarter, then co-funded when it came to the UK for distribution rights through like Film 4 and stuff, that kind of thing, you know, the usual kind of uh, art film type stuff that ends Uh up coming, coming through Film 4 type stuff here in the UK. I don't know how it's distributed in the US, but I'm, like I said, originally the production budget was partly funded by Kickstarter and stuff. Mm. So it doesn't get more much more indie than that. Mm. But yeah, it's full of a lot of unknown faces and it's really something you can kind of lose yourself in and be like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I'm starting to understand the dynamics. I think. Mm. Are they a family? Are they related? Are they boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And then it all kind of reveals itself as the, as the character goes through his journey and it's, fascinating and spectacular cinema another thing also through film four and funny enough something i talked to matt about the other day and again is in your collection here of blu-rays um a field in england yeah <laughs> speaking of uh ben wheatley we know he brought mm-hmm. him up a few times on the show before and it's a weird one because so so much of it it should be like that's not for me like, nothing of this film... Really, like, X-Mac is like, oh, of course Jack likes x no, mm. course, he, he likes the kind of introspective intellectual sci-fi kind of mm. thing because he's trying to be cool and intellectual. Um, but A Field in England is this weird uh, psychological... Alchemy drug trip. Period drama experiment thing. Mm. Dirty, make,
2: filthy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's real gross and real... Low budget and weird Mm. and psychedelic and yeah, it's set during the English Civil War, so like seventeenth century, whatever that is. (laughs) (laughs) Twenty (laughs) sixteen. Fair. I'm being facetious. Yes. Uh, It's set during Brexit, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it is basically a a couple of deserters from the war try and leg it across a field in England. Funnily enough, Mm. uh, eat some mushrooms and go a bit insane on their journey. And it's a bunch of the guys you might know from British TV shows of the last yeah. two decades or so. It's like yeah. uh, Michael Smiley, Reese Shearsmith, Julian Barrett, all these kind of people you <laughs> see who are <laughs> like...
2: normally known for like comedies. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. means
1: the most terrifying individuals to, to yeah. take the roles on, yeah.
0: That's like Mighty Boosh people and Spaced people and League all of the... Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen, League yeah. yeah, exactly. All this kind of weird... Very British, subversive British, subversive comedy. Yeah, British yeah. comedy stuff. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, like that, I shouldn't like this movie. And it's one of those films. Again, I have a weird story of why I ended up watching it. Oh. It was me and my best friend Callum, who's gonna be best man at my wedding. Um, And for whatever reason, he was like staying the night at my house or whatever. We're in our like twenties at this point. I don't know why he's staying at my house. We have it's a the novelty s- of a sleepover in yeah. our fucking twenties we just come out of university and stuff, so it was like, oh yeah, cool. We can we're back. We're both, now. Wait, we're wait, both wait. back in Norfolk. We can yeah. do what we like. I'm living with my parents, nothing has changed. <laughs> like, um, and my dad, I think I can't remember whether he was like consciously aware of what this film was, or was like, Oh, I heard this is good, and just flicked it over. And I was like, Okay. Is that Reese Shearsmith? Why are they in black and white and dressed like a like a I don't know, what why what, what, what is this? Set in the English Civil War, the fuck is this? Hmm. And the three of us just sat down and just were absorbed in this film again, going in completely blind and having no idea at the time who Ben Wheatley was, <laughs> who any of these characters were, what the fuck was going on. But going in with like, oh, that guy from the Mighty Boosh—that's not not an off The other guy, what the fuck is this? And yeah, it was just a captivating, weird... If you want something mm. that I... The only thing... And I'm about to wank Matt off, so be prepared for this, listeners. Hello. The only thing I can think of that compares to A Field in England is Titan's Eagle. Yeah. Your, your short film, available on YouTube, it's by on the YouTube way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you can clearly see the threads between the two because of the, the, the horror and the psychological trauma that the characters go through and stuff. Yep. And also... Some of the characters wake up in fields in England. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so when I watched Titans Eagle with you when you premiered it again, funded through Kickstarter and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I was like, this really reminds me of a Field in England. And I really like a Field in England. I'm like, ah, yeah, I can see the mm. see the connective tissue there. So yeah.
1: I met Ben Wheatley to do a Q and A at uh, Cinema City. Uh, he's he's signed that copy of Field in England, the Blu Ray I have. And we were talking about my film. Mm. You now I basically just said I like to. You know, did my own thing with it and different things. talk about time loops and stuff, and we would talk about the old British TV series and things. So he's a really nice fucking guy. That's all I'll say about that.
0: He seems like it. it really is. good to mm. him. Well, master of cinema, Matthew Stogden, Polish us off. Why don't you? All right. Um, here's my fifteen recommend No, no, no. <laughs> this is your podcast list.
1: Three. Okay.
0: Yeah. Three. So I stuck to <laughs> three, and I've nearly broke my neck trying. One of them as a trilogy, <laughs> but apart from that, it's three. No, All of films. James Bond. 20, Twenty-five.
1: <laughs> Zatoichi. Um, no, right. Okay, that would, that would count. I gave myself some little uh, conditions, I guess. The so first thing I wanted to do was say, like, right. If someone's need to see mainstream cinema, um, I told my wife these pics, and she was like, "Do you want to get things to get them into more stuff?" I said, like, "No, that's <laughs> not my problem." I want just <laughs> to just expose them to different things. The most and if they're guessing from that, great. If they don't, fuck I tried. Mm. Um, and I'm like, oh, we might go, like easy win with this. And nah, bollocks, box that one time good stories. So the first thing I wanted to get into was something animated, because mm. again, from the mainstream perspective, most people think, ah, animated movie. You mean Disney and Pixar and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when those things aren't great, because of course they are, but, but, tends but to listeners
0: be... of sequelizers know. Oh yeah, Matt loves the Croods. <laughs> Two Tim the Croods Two <laughs> the <Croods> Two <laughs> Yeah that's a sequel that's better than the first one as we've discussed Yes yep. one of Nicolas Cage's few sequels <laughs> I hate that <laughs> so weird so much
1: Um yeah so anime Matthew. It's anime yes it's anime and it's the it's and and, and Into the Spider Verse is a good example of what animation is capable of doing It's like the the limitations are like not there at all So I thought I want to go something anime and It's like which anime do I go for Considering I represent I recommend a lot of anime usually anyway What really I tend to. Oh. Um, and I decided to go with 2006's Paprika.
0: Oh, Inception. <laughs> I'm a break. If you know, off in you know, listeners. Yeah, it's it's basically Inception before Inception.
1: Yeah, Satoshi Kon uh, directed this amazing, weird kind of drug trip of a movie. Um, it's quite challenging in what it does and batshit in how it presents things. And it's it's again a lot of the visuals. Say inspired quite generously, <laughs> ripped off in another way. Yeah, there was
0: a whole lawsuit
1: about it. Precisely, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty well known. Exactly. Um, by in- Inception, which I get. I love Inception. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so one on
0: Nolan. It did bracket
1: thing exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I I um I think that would be good one to start with to say like if you're only used to seeing big Hollywood blockbusters, watch this weird animation. <laughs> get
2: ready to have your tits blown off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> but not like in a way that I'd be like, oh, watch perfect blue and have yourself like ruined on the inside at the yeah. same time just more like that's a bit fucking weird then i'd be like right now i'd like to show you something else something gritty something grounded something from the 90s sort of a big fucking power punch to the face sort of really boiled down cinema like, oh what's that 1995's la n Ooh. um french cinema directed by matthew Kasowitz, Simon vincent and cassell and a bunch of other people and it's just it's just Crime in Paris. Mm. It's black and white and it's beautifully filmed. It's
0: visceral and it's just brilliant. Weirdly enough, Emma owns this film on DVD. That's weird. I don't know why. Has she seen it? it, No, she's never watched it. What the fuck? (laughs) It stands out in her collection so much. (laughs) There's like Disney film, Disney film, Disney film, Oceans trilogy. Fucking loads of like Legend and Princess Bride and Moulin Rouge and all that kind of stuff. Mm. La Anne is there And I'm like Is that Did you <laughs> buy that on purpose Turns out She worked at HMV And you would just basically Get DVDs yeah, mm. free stuff, free stuff, For yeah. like a quid Or whatever it's Like, Oh we're just chucking it out In the warehouse Do you want five DVDs For a pound Just to get it out of the way And mm. we like Sure So she owns a bunch of weird shit <laughs> Including this movie And we sat down And watched it a few years ago And we're like mm. This is really good Mm. There's this just random fucking film that you happen to have on DVD yeah. on our shelf somewhere.
1: Crime, gangsters, riots in Paris. It's fuck everything. It's black and white. And it's brilliant and just this this mentality, which from all the trailers, of uh, a guy falls off a, well, jumps off a building, and every past every is like, so far so good. Um, it's not <laughs> the fall that's the problem. It's when you hit the ground or something. Um, it's a great movie. It's it's really and again that would get you into a different type of thing. It's like here's a French movie oh yeah, I know French movies, all black and white and cigarettes and oh hmm. la la. It's ippy. like,
2: yes, this is black and white and people are smoking in it, but yeah.
1: not like you think. No. and not it's in gonna, a sexy way. Yeah, it's a real punch to the face. Like, holy shit. I didn't know you could tell this. Well, you know, I wouldn't think you could tell the story outside of America. Mm. That kind of thing. So that's my second pick. Mm-hmm. My third one is light uh, anthology fair that I really enjoy that isn't particularly good, arguably. As in, it's like, you know, if you look at the, like, the Rotten Tomatoes for the films I've just listed, it's like, mm. yeah, they're very high. This one is like, eh, eh. Mm. 2003's Coffee and Cigarettes. Basically, it's, a, again, another black and white thing. Very silly, very weird. And the sort of through line for all these things is just conversations, amusing conversations, basically, are, are sort of tangentially around coffee and cigarettes. Yes. Uh, you've got Tom Waits and Iggy Pop talk about how they've given up smoking, therefore they can smoke. And also at the same time, it's like, you know, Taco Bell if you want. It's like, well, that kind of Taco Bell kind of guy to you. <laughs> um, uh, you got. Um, hey,
2: Mick, you want to see my test for coil?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got Jizzar uh, and Rizzo sitting in the cafe. And you're you're ghost busting Groundhog Day, <laughs> Bill fucking Murray. I know that, but don't tell people. Yeah. You like researching for a role? Okay, what you do is you you swill, swill some bleach. Don't swallow, Bill Murray. <laughs> don't swallow. You spit that
2: out. Um, stupid little conversations. Mm. Um, Kate Blanchett playing herself and her cousin, who is like kind of a redneck. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and, and, yeah, an unsophisticated Australian, and she's like, you know, oh, you got all this money and fame. Yeah, I do. It's great. Yeah, my favorite one is Steve Coogan and
2: Alfred Molina. That
1: is a fantastic one. Yeah, yes, that's that's Hollywood through and through in sense of like I kind of met you because I had to, and as the meeting goes on, he realizes. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the person I was dismissing is actually very connected, and I kind of want to get to know you. Yeah, I don't want to. I was a bit of a piece of shit earlier, <laughs> and maybe it's like, no, well, you missed a chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's a fun little thing, and it shows that comedy can be a lot of different things. It's got like such huge talents. and like Roberto Benigni's in there as well. It's just, mm. it's silly and wonderful, and I enjoy it, even though it may not be, by very definition, a good film.
0: That's my three. Nice. That's it? Nice. Nice and tight there, Matt. I appreciate that. Well, dear listeners, thank you very much for sending in your questions. We very much appreciate it. And it's been a really interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. we some. covered yeah. a wide range of topics, even as much as we do here on the interseason stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have any general questions for us, you can let us know on social media. We are Sequelizers on everything. As it's spelt in your podcast app in front of you, you can search that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual places. You also find our YouTube channel and find our Discord. Find our merch, find our Patreon, all the other kind of stuff at sequelizers.com. That's the website, It's a hub of all the sequelizers information. A nice little way of finding anything and a bunch of links to all the podcast platforms we're on and all that stuff as well. If you want to follow me or have any more questions for me for whatever reason, I'm JLW Chambers on all social media. Matthew, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z.
1: You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. Also if you search for the BBG Wrestling channel, you can find Sumo Drop every other month. And we talk about sumo wrestling. Tim, if someone has a question for you and they didn't send it in time for this, where could they send it? Up the rest!
2: <laughs> uh they can put it in an envelope and address it to Santa Claus, uh, and it I will eventually answer them. Or choose out himself as well uh, or you can go to Twitter uh, and search for Trivia underscore Lad. That is me on Twitter. And uh, yeah, sure. I'll answer your questions. That's ominous. I don't know why it's ominous, but it it's is ominous. ominous. Yeah. But we'll be back next week with more
0: inter-season goodness before we get Yeah, the to... last of the inter-season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Before we get to some season 10. It's, and... a, it's a fittingly final one, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> and we've got... And we got a banger of a start to season ten, if we do say so ourselves. We're kicking off with a highly requested bad sequel in the start of season ten and then some real fucking garbage (laughs) to season ten in a good way.
2: The first episode will also come. Well not come at some point near its release. It will come. With a commentary.
0: Ah, there we go. Return of the movie commentary. So if you're not already on our Patreon by the time it comes around to the launch of season ten. Do get on it, because we'll be doing movie commentaries for three of the films of oh, season 10, yeah. including episode one to kick things off with a banger. Mm. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you for your support. And if you can't support us on Patreon, please go and review us on the various podcast apps of choice. We understand, you know, money's real shit and tough right oh, now. It's going to get much worse. Yeah, the UK is pretty fucked. So totally understand if you can't financially support us. We would very much appreciate if you go and give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the usual places. It's a free way of supporting the show and spreading the good word so we can be found by more people on the podcast app. With that out of the way, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week for the interseason finale.